What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of the Moto X-Pod show this week. It's episode 260. This is the Vital MX Moto X-Pod show presented by Racetech and Boyson. We're going to have a fun show tonight. Our guests are Red Bull TLD Gas Gases Pierce Brown and Progressive Insurance's Twisted T Hep Motorsports Shane McElrath. Looking forward to talking to them and discussing Oakland and all the happenings. Before we get to it, let me introduce my co-host in studio, working the cameras, Scotty Thompson. What's up, Scotty? Hey, what's going on? How's everybody doing today? We're doing good. We're do- I'm hoping there's no technical issues. We changed some audio things, so guys let us know if it sounds a little better, if we got rid of the buzz. Last, literally last moment, realized I didn't have the intro song queued up in the new way we're recording, so I think that might have been a little loud. We will... Work on fixing that. If it's a problem, let us know. Also, via FaceTime, all the way from Europe, my friend, Lewis Phillips. What's up, Lewis? Hello, friend. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I am excited to talk to you. I miss you. I can't wait for you to get back to the United States. I'm all the better for seeing your face. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. but <laughs> hey, We're going to break down a lot of stuff, a number of topics tonight on the Boyson Air Intake Discussion. Boyson is excited to spotlight their factory racing's rider support program, a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. Join the community of Boyson factory flyers by visiting boyson.com to apply today. Lewis, Scotty, I think the first thing I want to get to tonight is Oakland in general. The track, Lewis, super technical, had a long turning rhythm, which I thought it was a very cool layout. Riders, eh, they were kind of iffy about it, but what did you think? What did you hear? Yeah, uh, I guess no one heard me say anything, so I will start from the top. Um, <laughs> um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, it's been a big debate this year whether um, whether we should just have easy tracks, because easy tracks lead to less separation, better racing, eh, maybe not better racing, but closer racing. Um and obviously, Oakland was a gnarly track, and everyone kind of complained. And we did have separation. The racing was okay, but it wasn't tight. It wasn't like the closest racing ever. But in hindsight, I would much rather take a race on a track like Oakland versus what we had at San Diego, which I do think was closer. Still wasn't the most amazing race ever, but the track, I, I thought San Diego was the worst track I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And Scotty, back to you. We'll kind of start that whole thing over again. Yeah. What did you think of Oakland as a track? It had this, I mean, it had a whoop section to a long dragon's back, one of the longest I've ever seen, to another whoop section, the, the long turning rhythm lane, crazy transitions that just didn't flow. Watching it, it was exciting to watch those guys struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Like when I when I first looked at the rhythm lanes, especially, I was like, like finally, like something challenging, something that they can't just nail a quad everything without even thinking about it. I liked that, you know, it led to stuff like Cooper found that line where he was quadding all the way in and doing it. Just it led for a variation. I wasn't super crazy about three technically three whoop sections in a row. I thought it did race well. I was a little surprised at that. I was kind of expecting that to kind of just be the focal point of the track. But overall, my favorite track so far of the year. Yeah, the 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 three, oh. technically almost, three whoop sections, Lewis, there was a lot of passes that happened because of those whoop sections. Cooper Webb made a mistake that cost him the lead. Uh, I think that was the heat race where he bobbled and then Chase, your guy Chase, got him. And oh, Rob, my guy Chase. And Eli got him. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of issues. Pierce Brown, who we're going to talk to in a little bit, passed McAdoo in the main event. And then made a mistake in the whoops when he was jumping through, and McAdoo 
passed him right back and then put the block pass on him that took him down. The, the, those, the, the sections of loops made for a lot of passing. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, so, go ahead. I feel like everyone's like amazed that we had kind of back-to-back loop sections, but this was, I feel like this was a normal occurrence not too long ago. Like, I feel like it was quite normal for us to have a long set of loops uh, 180 degree turn and then another set of weeks. I feel like that was kind of like something we saw every two to three weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Like, I feel like it has been a while since we had multiple whoop sections and that close together. But um, I think whoops are good. Whoops are better than normal rhythm sections, no? Well, okay. I, it I depends like it. on the situation and the conditions, but. Yeah, Lewis, I, I think you're right. Like, that's kind of a, a normal thing to see two whoop sections. I think what it visually, like that camera. like three. The dragon's back really wasn't a dragon's back. It was a it was like an elevated whoop section. So I think that's kind of why it looked like three yeah. whoop sections, even though technically it wasn't. And the transitions, too, Scotty, that after the, the third or second, whatever you want, the, the last uh, whoop section, that rhythm section where they were tripling, or tripling onto the table, going over single... Then they would try to triple out after that. That next transition was very tight. Mm-hmm. So those guys were clipping the triple or OJ in the triple. And it just, you, you watch those guys struggle. Like they they had a little bit of, there was a kink in their armor at times. Yeah. And it was exciting. It was like back in the 80s or 90s when the 125s couldn't always do the jump if yeah. they didn't, you know, make the corner right and they would clip something. You're like, oh crap, here we go. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, I think, you know, the whole debacle for all this is is because of safety we got to make it easier for the guys that you know the the lcq guys and the guys that are trying to get into the sport to to be able so they're not in a dangerous situation but that being said i I agree with that i mean that you don't think that's why they tamed some of the tracks down in the past for the for for just general safety Uh, maybe for general but not so much so that the guys that aren't factory level can cannot die okay well general safety i think they've made it but the the guys that like the guys that aren't going to jump those quads aren't going to jump those quads regardless. So I think it. I, I liked it making more challenging for the leaders and making the ultimately the finish of the race more challenging. How about the long rhythm section that I talked about, Lewis? A lot of guys, most guys, were going outside and tripling in, and Eli just kind of kept doubling in and doing a little bit different rhythm. And we saw a few other guys do that at times, but Eli just stuck to that. It seemed like he felt comfortable doing that. I guess my point is it was really cool that there were multiple options and they all were fairly close. You're a big stat guy, so you probably looked at the different segment times, but it was fairly well, close. Well, unfortunately, Jamie, the segments were messed up, so there were no segment times this week. Was this AMA? Uh, I, think, I, I imagine that someone rode over a timing loop or destroyed a timing loop or because um, for two of the four segments, we don't have time to pass that one. So someone destroyed something. Okay. Um, but on that rhythm, um, no, like when you look at it like that, in hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, maybe Oakland actually had everything because it was gnarly. There was, there was separation, but not, there was separation because the best guys rose to the top. And that's nice. We like that. There were rhythms where guys were doing different things. We like that. Um, yeah, in hindsight, now that I think about it, what was the bad thing about the Oakland track? I'm not sure there was anything. I, I don't yeah. I don't think so. I liked it. From sitting at home, there really wasn't anything. It was very exciting. I mean, you could have used a sand pit, but, you know, other than that... I would take a whoop section over a sand section I was joking. all day. I was joking. We had a couple good sand pits, <laughs> or sand sections, not sand pit. It was good. Okay, how about this, Lewis or uh, Scotty? Oakland as a whole, nobody 
that I know has ever said, love going to Oakland. There's always these issues. I heard rumors it might it may be going back to San Francisco or, or across the, the bay. But I think AC's car got broke into, Lewis. Did you hear that? Does that con- confirm? Oh, yeah. Uh, AC's car got broken into. I think Barsha's got broken. Like, yeah, uh, last year, I know that last year, the monster video people had, like, all of their equipment stolen. Okay. What's that, 100 grand worth of stuff? Like, um, yeah, like, it. I remember the very first time I went to Oakland, and actually, funnily enough, I was on the Vital Forum, and randomly I just saw a post that said something like, oh, make sure you stay safe in Oakland. And I, not to me, like, some people having a discussion. And I was like, that's weird. Why would they say that? So then I Googled, like, is Oakland okay? And Google put the frighteners on me. Um, <laughs> and that first year, because I knew no better that first year, I was staying in a day's in next to the stadium. Oh, that's true. And mm. I was like... I was like, this is brilliant. Why has no one booked this hotel that is next to the stadium? I don't understand. Like, look how close I'm going to be. Um, and honestly, I still have memories of that. The, the things that went on in that hotel. <laughs> it, it's a miracle I'm here talking to you today. And Scotty, you listened to Pulp last night. I haven't had a chance to get through it all the way. There, you said that JT, Jason Thomas. JT said, saw some kind of robbery of sorts. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, they have to get, they ha- it has to go. Have you heard th- that it may be going to San Francisco? Uh, I've heard like from five different people and I would say that it's basically 50-50. Like half the people are telling me yes, half the people are telling me no. So actually I don't. Okay. Um, but yes, I think, is anyone going to be sad if Oakland leaves the schedule? I mean, and it's not even like if Oakland leaves the schedule, then we're screwing over those fans because they can just go to San Francisco. So exactly. happy days. But, and maybe this is off topic, I hear now that San Francisco is no better. I haven't been there a long time. I don't think it is much better from what I hear either. Oh. So, I mean, it's got to be a little better. Maybe it's minimally. It's just life out in California way. Mm, <laughs> it's not all that bad. I that, know. That, that area is pretty rough. Is that, were you going to say something else? No. Um, so, uh, Lewis had, had said something about, um, you know, that he didn't like San Diego at all. The track, um, yeah. yeah. Not, not I, the tra- no, the track. Um, when Imagine if this had been round two. And then this we saw this awesome track, and then went to the San Diego track round three. How much more disappointed in the track would you have been, Lewis? Well, and I brought up while you were dealing with the audio issue, so I don't know if everybody heard it. TJ sent me a text like he wanted to know if if the weather had been good at round two, actually round two after a one, and they had raced this track, would the teams and riders have been freaked out because the track was so technical? That that early on in the season, would people have kind of lost their minds a little bit? Like, were you guys trying to kill us? You know, I mean, I don't know that they would have really said anything. Uh, Go ahead, Lewis. I don't, I, don't, I don't think the track was that technical. Right. I think you're getting a bit carried away with yourself now. <laughs> hey, man, it was, it, <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't Travis Pastrana's 2009 St. Louis layout. Like, this, it was a good track. It wasn't like the most crazy track we've ever seen. It just raced. It, it had separation. It made the top guys rise to the top. We liked that. It was not this crazy track that um, is mind-blowing. Let's put it, let's, let's, let's hit the burners on that one. I'm just relaying TJ's question because he didn't have the decency to be in studio tonight. He mm. feels like his job is more important. So, TJ, your question was asked. <laughs> a lot of empty gates. I'm completely A lot of empty gates in Oakland. A lot of the guys just couldn't make the, tr- the trip. With the the, tra- the the privateers couldn't make the trip coming all the way from Tampa all the way back to Oakland to turn around, come back to Arlington. Bunch of empty gates. 
Yeah, but we had 40-plus in each class, didn't we? Still, I think the lowest was 42 in... I can't remember which class it was, but didn't we have 40... Like, the lowest number of entries was 42 in okay. either 250 or 450. It sure seems like so, there's three or four gates empty in the heat races. I mean, that was, I mean, that was when... I, that would have been when I checked the entry list on um, Friday. So maybe, maybe it did end up a little less than that. But my litmus test is as long as we stay above 40, it's fine. Once you drop below 40, it's like, eh, we're, we're, we're putting everyone in the night show. But if you can stay above 40, then I think it's okay. And if they did that, I mean, like you say, maybe some people just didn't show. Well, okay, in 450s, there was one guy who didn't qualify. So that was okay. Yeah, and in 250s, there were three guys who didn't qualify. So, so we had, as a, I'm happy as long as some guys don't make the night show. If we're turning up and we're handing out participation medals and everyone's in the night show, I'm not so happy. Okay, maybe I misjudged. I thought I saw some empty gates. Lewis, you don't ride anymore, but we are going to get yeah, you. Yeah, I don't ride currently. Not ever, currently. Currently, we're going to get you back on a bike, and I want you to know that you can get the same great products, settings, and services that Racetech offers locally. Locally to you with a tuner you can drive to and likely see at your local racetracks. Racetech has a network of service centers around the globe globe who have access to the same parts and settings as Racetech's headquarters in Corona, California. And all you have to do is log on to Racetech.com to find the Racetech service center closest to you. This week's featured Racetech service center is close to you once you get back to the United States. It's Crow Performance in San Diego, California. I have to open this window up because I can't read it on my sheet of paper anymore. Mike Crow previously worked for Racetech in both the R&D and custom shock departments. He still is employed full-time by Racetech to handle technical support in addition to running his own Racetech suspension and engine service center in San Diego, California. So, Lewis, when you get a bike, hit up Crow Performance in San Diego. Racetech will take care of you. I will do that. And if you're listening and you need your, your suspension serviced, Scotty, Racetech.com. I'm on you it. Get, you can get it done. Uh, all right, let's talk about, this is the big topic. I'm looking at the time. we got about 10 minutes before we get Pierce on. Eli Tomac wins again. The Sexton ship, is it sailing safely, Lewis? Are we good? Is it sailing? I mean. Sailing safely? It's he, sailing lovely. He almost sailed to victory. Once again, had a, two problems, really. He had the, the issue on the dragon's back, which was scary. And then. Right after that, he had the, the the speed and style performance of trying to do a 180 on the track. Uh, Jamie, Lewis. my friend, <laughs> Lewis, would I like? Can I please direct you in the direction of direct you in the direction of a staff? You can. Chase Sexton has more podiums than Tomac and more podiums than Webb. Now, what does this mean? Because the narrative here is that Chase is throwing it away and making more mistakes than anyone but yet he has more podiums. So if I was a lawyer in court, I here have a number that challenges the narrative, and I'm not here to make a decision. I'm here to ask you, my friend, who I trust dearly with my life, what, what, what is, is, this, is this narrative getting out of hand? Is it true? Is it wrong? I, because as I say, the fact that he has more podiums than Eli Tomac would tell you that he's actually the consistent one. And... I, I, and this has just come to me. I challenge you with this. Eli Tomac had a bigger crash uh, at Anaheim 2 than Chase Sexton's had all season. So again, is the narrative, I feel like the narrative is a low-hanging fruit that people have just grabbed because it's low-hanging. But if you look at the numbers and you look at what's actually happened so far, maybe it's not as big a deal, as big an issue as people make out. 
I think you may be right. He did. Eli did have the bigger crash A2, and then even this week he went off the track and had a close one, which allowed Cooper to tighten it up. He just didn't go down. No, just to be just to be clear, Chase has made more mistakes than Eli. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I just think the narrative of old oh, Chase Sexton throws it away every time is wrong. And actually, if you want to put a nicer little spin on this, that Chase has had more podiums than the other two. He missed the podium once in San Diego. The reason he missed the podium was because he was knocked down by another rider. So that wasn't actually in his control. So really, had that incident with Barsha? Barsha was it? It was probably Barsha. He got knocked <laughs> oh, down by someone. It was probably safe yeah. bet. It was Barsha. We're getting to Barsha in a little um, while. Um, um, had that issue, had that incident not happened, he may have a hundred percent podium record so far. Which, which then screams consistency, which means this narrative, this low-hanging fruit, is wrong. Now, people are going to say, oh, Lewis, you're being biased, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I'm just here. I, I'm here challenging the narrative. I'm not a sheep. I'm not a sheep, Jamie. I, I know you're... No, bah, Scotty, <laughs> thoughts? Um, yeah, Lewis, I didn't know if you if you had saw me on the Sexton ship, but I've been there with you. I've been riding with you, sailing through the seas this season, too. I, I, what The point that I wanted to make, and you kind of just... A side point is, you know, Eli made a mistake in that main, too. Obviously, Chase yeah, is more... I said that. Oh, you said that? I, thanks for listening. Well, I was, I, was, I was listening to my buddy Lewis over here. Um... So yeah, he made the mistake too. Well, what I was going to say is, yes, Chase the sex, uh, Chase the Sexton. Chase's mistake was more costly, but was the mistake itself bigger? Because it kind of his front end just kind of tweaked, and like, I mean, Tomac went off the track. So like, yes, the mistake was more costly for Sexton, but really in reality, was it a bigger mistake? My, and then the point that I wanted to get to was, you know, you want to say that. It like you know that that Sexton can't hang on to it and wants to throw it away. I if, didn't say that. If he is the, he is probably the most likely person to win either the next three races or three races in a row. And once he say he in a in a theoretical world he wins three wins in a row, all of this stuff at the beginning of the season would, would just kind of just be oh, blown yeah. over. If he wins the championship, it all gets blown. It, yeah, you're right. It's. We'll forget the past and it'll go away. But it's something that is, like Lewis said, low-hanging fruit. That's fair. They they use it on the TV program. I have a little bit of a rant where they, in the middle of the freaking main event, they go to this piece that takes up the entire screen so I can't watch the race to tell us yeah. all the times that Chase is throwing it away. Lewis, I heard um, you had your... 15-minute rant. <laughs> yeah, you had a rant on the review show about that, that half the time or most of them, they weren't even really "quote unquote" throwing away moments. The San Diego heat race. What does that have to do with anything? Right. As I said, yeah. you may as well include footage of him on a fifty skipping <laughs> over in a field. He, he when, fell on a PW fifty yeah. three years ago, or thirteen years ago. They are. It does seem like we low as hanging media, fruit. What's that? Low hanging fruit. We as media, not you, but some of nope. the media has tried to use that as. A storyline, and I hope that storyline goes away. Um, but how did you, just in general, I'm, I'm switching subjects a little bit. The fact that they played that piece in the middle of main event just irritated the crap at me. I want to watch racing. I don't care about that piece. Um, that stuff doesn't bother me. Okay. I appreciate production value. What I don't appreciate is when the script is wrong. That's, I, I didn't. I, when I saw that, 
I was like, I, did, I wasn't angry because they disrupted the racing. I was angry because I felt like the narrative was incorrect. Scotty? Yeah, I'm, I would have to agree with Lewis on that one. It, the, it, you know Chase almost didn't race because he's still pretty banged up. He, I mean, the fact these guys, and we can talk about McAdoo and RJ a little bit, the warriors they are, Scotty, mm-hmm. coming out. And, and as bad as his arm looked, and as bad as his side looked, and he still almost won a 450 main event, he's not getting enough credit for that. No, I agree. I, I think that, you know, you can't argue the speed that he's had this year. I think he's he's on it, and I think it'll work itself out, like I was saying last week. And, like, you know, you uh, Lewis Darkside kind of ruined the race for me a little bit, even though he's he's going to— I did not. He's he's he texts me wow. So then now I'm watching I'm watching the race because I work Saturday night. So I'm watching the race and I see Sexton has a five second gap and and then I'm all I can see is well Jamie said wow so obviously something is going to happen. I said wow when Cooper quadded over the the table on that first. Well, round. I don't know when that wow comes when wanted, the wow came. I just wanted to give you a little bit of oh god something happened. I can't wait. I wanted to make it more exciting mm. for you. It tainted my viewing. Taint. <laughs> it seems like a private couples thing that you two should take up in the weekly counseling session. What That's about what him racing, though? How do you feel about your guy racing through adversity? Wait, what? Wait, what? What do you mean? That was a, that was a very vague question. What, Just the, what is the adversity and who is the, my guy? The hematoma he had on his arm, like. Is he mortal? I mean, that's that's a lot to go out and then perform at that level. It's very impressive. Oh, we're talking about McAdoo now. Yep, I'm, I'm an idiot. Chase, Chase, what did Chase have? Chase had something. It was his knee. His knee. God, okay, well, make fun of me, guys. I told you, yes. I was, um, okay, yeah. so, so, yeah, for con, because if I was confused, everyone else is probably confused. Well, I'm sure Chase they are. crashed can, on the Wednesday yeah. before Oakland, I'm and an idiot, his Lewis. knee was swollen. We, yeah, we won't so take that, the low-hanging fruit. No, take the low-hanging <laughs> fruit. You can, here, here we go. Stop acting like an idiot. You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Sorry. How about we'll switch subjects since we're way off base, you know? And I got to get Pierce on in a second. How about Eli admitting that he was not comfortable in Tampa? I thought that was pretty open. He was fairly open in a lot of those uh, press day interviews. Yeah, but let's be honest. What else could he say? Because that, if he wasn't comfortable, then if he went, if he came out and went, yeah, I was comfortable, then Chase and Cooper are rubbing their hands together, going. That was him when he was comfortable. Lovely. We'll have some of that. Let's make, if that's him comfortable, then, oh, it doesn't matter that he qualified first because when he's comfortable, he finishes fifth. Um, yeah, okay, it was nice to see the openness. Um, let's be honest, it was nice that he was even doing interviews because it wasn't it wasn't too long ago that Eli wouldn't have even approached the subject. Um, but, yeah, he kind of had nothing else. There was nothing else for him to say right. because if he didn't say that, that would be more concerning. It's quite obvious that he wasn't comfortable. Yeah, I agree. I just was glad that he answered the question. Uh, we're going to get off of the Eli Tomac topic for a second, and we're going to talk about WUSA, which is your source for all things wheels. Uh, Scotty, did you know three of the six podium guys this weekend are on W wheels? Oh, of course they were. Of course they were. Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, and RJ Hampshire. Tonight, W wheels brings us from Red Bull Factory K- uh, Gas Gas, Pierce Brown. What's going on, Pierce? What's going on? How are you? We're doing good, man. Uh, glad to get you on. It's been a little while since we've had you on, and dude, you had a really good ride this weekend. I was I was really enjoyed watching you track down 
McAdoo and RJ. And I honestly, I thought you were going to get a podium. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so good on too. It's been a little bit, dude. I know. I uh, I felt good last weekend. Um, felt like like you said that podium is mine. I had the had the third spot. I just made a little mistake in the whoops and then let him get me back. But um, yeah, it's kind of all she wrote. Um, I was feeling good all night though. Uh, the track was tough, really tough. Three sets of whoops. Um, not much really of a break it was a pretty busy track i'd say so um it was a good racetrack though made for a lot of separation and uh i feel like that's something we haven't really had my first couple rounds um but yeah um happy with my riding just not the result i'd say yeah and i want to get more into the track in a minute but i want to go back to the main event you at one point, I believe, were the fastest rider on the track. You were outside the top five, uh, top five starting out. Track those guys down. Past Cam, you could have probably made a much more aggressive pass had you wanted. Jumped through the the whoops, and you talked about making a little mistake. It looked like you kind of OJ to set, and then it just threw you kind of funny. And then Cam, mm-hmm. he brake checked you a little long, dude. He, I, I felt like it. In a lot of racing situations, that was a good pass, but you had just passed him clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I gave him some room for sure. Like you said, I could have been a little bit more aggressive with it. Um, I could tell it was the time of the race where uh, he uh, was starting to go backwards, and um, I feel like he kind of had to do something to keep, keep that podium spot, and uh, he did, which, I mean... If I was in his position, I'd do the same thing, but uh, just a bummer when it's on your end, you know? Yeah, it's no, uh, nothing too upsetting, though. You did, you kind of just accept it as a racing thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's a racing thing at the end of the day. Like, he didn't come in and sum my front end off. He he checked up, waited till I fell, and then went on with his race. And uh, I mean, that's. Yeah, it's I a little can't much. I'm too upset about it. I mean, yeah, like, I, he could have. <laughs> with my pass being semi-aggressive, not dirty, I feel like he could have had enough respect not to do that back to me. But um, I don't know. It is what it is. I've been uh, been thinking about it a little bit more, and there's really no point in dwelling over it. You know, we uh, still have a long year ahead of us. And, um, I mean, I don't want to get caught into a freaking uh, piss match. Like, yeah. Some guys in the four fifty class are, you know. Yeah, that makes tons of sense. Yeah, Pierce. One of the the positives that I saw was how fast you caught that lead group, and I know Darkside kind of mentioned it a little bit. I just kind of wanted to see if you could dive further into, you know, what kind of what happened with the track, or maybe you know what, what kind of happened when you caught up to them to not be able to get around them because you, I mean, you caught up to them so fast. We well, got. I know. Yeah, I uh, I caught up to them quick. I had a terrible start. I was, um, I think I was the last one coming out of the corner and somehow ended up fourth coming over the finish line. So I was right on them, caught up to, um, Cam and RJ and then uh, RJ fell. And I thought I was going to be able to pounce on that and then, um, work on, uh, McAdoo. But the corner after RJ fell, uh, McAdoo cut down when I was going to kind of um block rj but i couldn't so i was sucking forth and then um 
you know, RJ got right back around McAdoo like it was nothing, but I was trying my butt off trying to get around him. But he, he was countering everything that I was trying, and I was uh, in, like, the stage of the race where I was like, all right, I'll just – I haven't really been in that fight in a little bit. So I was like, I'll just I'll just hang in here and then wait for a mistake. And then, um, yeah, so I'm an opportunity. I took it. Um could I have maybe tried harder to get it earlier? Yeah. Um, I just wanted that experience of being in the fight. Um, but, um, shoot, it's just, uh, you know, one of those things, go to bed, like, wish I would have done that, wish I would have done this, but um, can't really change it. So just got to learn from it. Yeah, I think that's best. You don't want to dwell on anything negative. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to ask you a question, but, that's maybe somewhat negative, but the, the crash at a one was there, were there any lingering effects from that? Or was it just night of you were a little, you know, just too sore, couldn't make it out. Um, so yeah, that, that was like kind of a bummer because I fell hard. I was, I was sore for sure, but I've been in more pain and raced in multiple scenarios. And, um, I, I mean, it was the first round of the night or first round of the season. I mean, I was going to go out and do everything I can to at least get some points. Um, but I was in the Asterix rig or Alpine Star rig, and I was complaining about um, – it was mainly my leg, and then I said something about my neck being sore. And then um, next thing I know, I have a neck brace on me, and I'm getting sent to the hospital. I'm like, yo, like, I, I didn't know it was that serious. Like, I thought I could have raced, but that kind of spooked me a little bit. I ended up getting my neck checked out and everything came back fine. But I mean, in the moment you're always going to be taking the safe route and like telling the doctor, like what's, what's wrong, what hurts. But um, I almost feel like that was kind of unfortunate for me because I, I could have raced that night for sure. And at least got some points, but um, I was more sore from my leg than my neck, but my neck was the reason they wouldn't let me out there. But yeah, my my leg was bugging me for shoot the next month. Like it was uh, it was it was sore for a little bit all the way through Anaheim too. I think after Anaheim too, I'd say I was finally back to hundred percent healthy and then regain all the confidence that I lost because I mean I, I had a really good couple weeks leading up to a one i was feeling good and then that happened and it was kind of like oh shoot like almost a reality check and then you start doubting yourself and that's never good but it's such um, a mental game yeah yeah it is but no i'm right now i'm back to 100 percent. it's been a little bit since crash but yeah that was one of those things i felt like i could have been out there and i should have been out there but i wasn't able to uh, I want to touch on something. They played a little piece on you during the race where they had talked to you, and you said you just haven't put it together yet. You've had good speed but haven't put it together yet. What do you feel like it's going to take to put it together? It's still You're still young. You're still you know, learning certain lessons, obviously. What do you think, the, what do you, think you need to put it together? Um, I think I could have put it together last week, and if I had to start, I'm going to be honest, that's the – last missing piece if i started up front and i didn't have to worry about making passes um i uh feel like that's when uh everything's gonna fall fall into place for me but everything else like i'm i'm driving with a bike everything's been great with that the team's been great i've been making 
big uh big progress with everything off bike and on bike i'd say it's just the starts i need to get those down and uh start with the group instead of behind them because playing catch up when you're racing guys like jet rj and mcadoo they're uh they're no slouches so um it's you're gonna have to be on on your game if you want to come through the pack with those guys um but if you start out with them then it's uh it's whoever's night yeah but I mean, honestly you didn't start with them and you were right you caught up to them so keep that as a positive you were able to come from behind and catch those guys so yeah you you've got it in you yeah yeah that's one thing i could take away from the weekend i felt like i was like i said riding really well and um showed the speed that i've been shown at the practice tracks and um that was that was definitely a good feeling but yeah just uh the result didn't show in fifth place again that's uh it was tough but um the speed's there um so i'm not i'm not stressing that um it's more so just getting the reps down um getting start styled and then uh making sure because that was such a tough racetrack it was it was just a survival pretty much like whoever made the least amount of mistakes was uh, going to be the the best guy because i mean everybody's making mistakes you couldn't not out there for um, sure but yeah this is one of those things you can only duplicate that in a race like you can't get a track like that or a scenario like that at the practice track with your teammates you know so um yeah it's one of those things i just kind of gotta keep on trucking keep on um getting my laps in, making it to the races, making progress. And uh, I feel like that's where we're at right now. Uh, you say that January was tough, obviously, after the crash. Truthfully, if you were fully healthy um, the whole of January and you had momentum from the off-season, where, where do you think you would have been and what were you expecting of yourself? Yeah, that's one of those things, like a shoulda, coulda, woulda, but... I mean, coming into the season, I uh, I had my sights set on on wins, consistent podiums. Um, that's that was my goal. I feel like if I had been healthy um, from round one on, um, that's where I should have been. Would I've been there? No one, no one would know. But that's mentally where I was at coming into, into the season. Got you guys something? Yeah. So, hey, Pierce. So, I know y'all kind of transitioned to the new year model bike this year, and I just kind of want to know how that's gone for you. And now that you have this five week break, what part of the bike are you going to give most most of your focus to? Um. Yeah, the new bike's been great. I uh, from day one have fell in love with it. Everything uh, has went smooth with the preseason testing. Um, we're honestly not too far from where we were in november december ish right now so that's always a good feeling um i'd say i mean it's it's a big uh big chassis change um benefits i'd say cornering and um helps and whoops compared to last year's bike and um i've uh i've hopped on outdoors a little bit early this is actually after a2 i hopped on for the week and then, uh, yeah, this week I'm back in the doors. I'm two weeks down and starting some, uh, some 
outdoors testing because I haven't really ridden outdoors on a new bike yet. And uh, right away, it's uh, it's great. I I love it. Um, all around a great bike. Um, everything I'd say is a step up from last year. There's really nothing that I'd say we need to focus on as much as just getting everything say one two percent better you know are you um are you like building on what we were talking about a minute ago are you content with what you've done in your career so far or did you think that you would be further ahead at this point are you further ahead than you thought you would be like looking at kind of the overall picture of where the roadmap that you had in your head um yeah are you happy with like how you've progressed each year and where you're at at the moment um for everything that I've been through, I'm happy to be where I am right now, but um, it's not where I wish I was, you know? I uh, I had to push through tons of injuries the first year or two, um, and kind of that was almost like a rebuild year in my second or third year. I was, I was just getting back from ACL surgery, and... Um, I my confidence was at an all time low. I felt like I had to relearn how to ride a dirt bike and relearn how to do everything. And, um, it was uh, yeah that uh, off season of twenty twenty. It was that was I'd say rock bottom for me. I uh, had to push through a bunch of bunch of stuff mentally and physically, and I uh, ended up having a decent year and then even better year this past year, which uh, was a breakthrough for me i'd say but for where i want to be and know i can be i'm still far from it i'd say and you've mentioned the mental side that's such a huge part of the sport we've already kind of just touched on that do you have a mental coach or somebody that you go to to talk to when it comes to like man i'm just struggling with this thing mentally um i i don't have anyone hired i have a couple um friends that i reach out to um they've been through they've been through stuff with their careers um so i'll ask them and pick their brains little stuff like that but i don't have anybody uh, i've hired to work with on that side of things um but yeah like you said it it is a uh i'd say 80 percent of our sport um just like any other sport it's uh it's a mental game and um yeah you have to have all the pieces and that's definitely i'd say a big chunk of it you you work with will hahn do you talk to him and use his experience any yeah yeah no will's been the best mentor i could uh could ask for he's uh he's been there through thick and thin he's uh just an open book i could pick his brain about whatever and um yeah i'm just uh yeah stoked to have someone like him in my corner um and i'm uh yeah buddies with coop pick his brain about some stuff but you know coop is he don't like talking too much so uh but being just being around people like that like i'd say like cooper and will um they're um just their presence brings an energy that like you can't duplicate in anybody else, you know, because both of them are champions and they're, uh, yeah, there's some bad dudes. So I, uh, every time I'm around them, I just try to 
try to be like a sponge and uh, absorb everything I can, you know? Definitely. Scotty? Yes. Uh, hey, Pierce. So first, it's kind of a qualifier question. Do you do you watch the broadcast when you're not on the when it's on the opposite coast? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, I didn't know if you like watched it live or just kind of went back and watched the mains. But I just kind of want to know what's your from a pro perspective. What is your general thoughts on how the program's going so far? So, and maybe something that you would add or change or take out or you know just just your general opinion on how the broadcast has been. Um. The broadcast, like, is it is it the race day broadcast that you're talking about, or, or just like when you're watching? Yeah, when you're watching the night show, yeah. Um, for me as a fan, there's nothing that I could really pick out and change. You know, I I think it's it's a good broadcast and a good show they they put on. Um, so I want to go back to Oakland for just a second. You talked about how technical that track was. Sitting yeah. at home, and we we were just talking about this before you came on. It, it seemed like it made for great racing because the track was the the transitions weren't great. The dirt, you know, I guess it got it got ruddy, and you guys were making mistakes. The best riders in the world were making mistakes, and and then the other riders that might, I mean, Cooper's like fourteen seconds down at one point and caught up, and you were catching up. It made for such great racing. Can you see an appreciation? when a track is very difficult, very technical, that it's still a good racetrack, even though it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that was one of those nights I almost uh, would have rather be a fan than be out there because, oh, those, those whoops in the main event, they were treacherous. It was a man's track for sure. <laughs> um, made for some great racing, like you said, though. Like after, after you do the triple into that next section, pretty, from, pretty much from the triple to the finish line, um, people made some passes there, but it was it almost funneled down into one line in the main event because everybody was going inside, jump through the whoops, and then the dragons back. It was uh, almost almost a jumper, jump up and then off, and then that last whoop section you had to skim, and those were beat up. I was uh, yeah, <laughs> going through going through those in the side up. I was not stoked, but um. Made for a great racing, like you said. Everybody was making mistakes out there, and I could uh, respect the 450 class for <laughs> how gnarly that track was because it was beat up for ours. And um, yeah, at the end of their main, it was brutal. Like some some of those guys, they were struggling getting around the track. You know, like yeah. I couldn't imagine racing it. But um, made made for great racing, like you said, and I'm sure the fans loved it. Your schedule, the the West Coast schedule, is pretty awkward, especially with the rescheduling of round two. Had a week off, or, or a couple weeks off, go back to Oakland. Yeah. Now you have like a month off. Does that work for you? Or once you get in the groove, I would think you'd want to keep going. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I was actually just talking about this with somebody earlier today, but it's been a weird schedule this year. I've... Uh, Never done West Coast before. I've always been an East Coast guy. Last year, East Coast, we did, I want to say, like six in a row. And then we had a little break. And then it was it was Salt Lake, and we were done. Um, but, yeah, this year, every every time we start getting the ball rolling, we have a break. Like, after A2, um, I had a pretty, pretty subpar performance. I was upset, but I was fired up. I was like, I want to get back out there next weekend, like, 
put me on the gate now, but we had to wait another two weeks and then we get back out there and it's almost like you have to dust the cobwebs off a little bit and get back into that race flow. And then by the end of the night, you're, you're firing, you're riding good, feeling good. And then, yeah, get done. You have to wait another four or five weeks <laughs> until the next one. So yeah, that's, uh, that's been awkward i'd say because the rest of our season we don't have back-to-back races we have like a weekend on weekend off weekend on weekend off until we're done so that's going to be going to be hard to manage i'd say but um for me it makes makes for i mean a more exciting outdoor season um because by the end of supercross last year i was pretty smoked and the outdoors uh, yeah. hadn't even started yet i'm like dude we have 12 weekends of this but <laughs> i'm hoping this year we're gonna have a little bit more motivation and um some uh, fire to come out swinging at uh, round one i've got one more question for you and it may be a short one depending on the answer are you locked in through 24 or is this a contract year for you no, no, I'm locked in through 24. Um, I re-signed at the end of last year for two more years. So okay, I'm okay. through 24, then after 24. Um, uh, not sure yet. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that was, yeah, I was gonna. I was kind of wondering how that motivates you and how that, you know, it's, it changes things sometimes. Guys feel like, hey, I've got on, in, on a contract year, but if you're locked in, you've got a little bit of comfort, a little bit of cushion. Um, yeah, yeah a little bit of comfort, but... At the same time, you don't really ever want to think like that. I, right. I know I have to be uh, be on my game every weekend and perform like I'm um, hired to do. So, yep. uh, but at the same time, um, I could use this year as another building year for next year. Next year um, is my year to be expected to come out swinging and be uh, the guy to be fighting for wins and hopefully the title. Well, Pierce, I want to apologize again for the preseason press conference, the way I worded my question to you. It was a little disrespectful, so I want to say publicly, again, I apologize for that, and I appreciate no, you being understanding, like, man. Oh, good. I, I, I was just me, but preseason, I, uh, <laughs> my confidence was peaking. I uh, wanted to come out swinging, and I heard, I don't know, for me, it's one of those things, like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm coming out to win, and then, yeah. like, I'll have somebody like like one of my close buddies like oh like you think you're like gonna be on the podium or what i'm like no dude i'm winning (laughs) that was kind of like how it's going out i was like no dude but it's all good um no no need to apologize all right well pierce thanks for having some time for us tonight look forward to seeing you again in about a month (laughs) yeah i know it's gonna be a little bit but i'll see you guys here soon all right pierce thank you man have a good one you too that's pierce brown brought to you tonight by wusa don't forget to go to W, damn it, I muted the wrong one. Awesome. I'm just absolutely terrible at this job. Go to WUSA.com and use promo code MOTOXPODSHOW to save. Thanks to WUSA. I also want to thank Prox, which is rooted in racing from motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha, who I will be racing for, Scotty, in Daytona at the GNCC. They asked me today what number you want. It's like, well, three, dude. You got some, You probably got some left over from Tomax bike. Let's just get those. But then... Michael Orrett said, I, I, I can give you those. I can give you Tomax, but they have a red background. That means you got to do the pro class with their, for three hours. I'm out. You got it. 
Anyway, Prox also supports SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like engine rebuild to simple maintenance, filters, chains, sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search parts for your bike and follow Prox on social media. Lewis. I like I like Pierce's response there at the end. He's like, hey man, I came in, you know, his confidence was high. He came in to win, and yeah, just I I kind of knocked him down a little bit with my stupid comment. Yeah, but then he's—I don't think he remembers what your question was because he <laughs> said something about someone questioning him about, "Are you going to be on the podium?" His, he, just said his buddies, he just said his buddies did oh. that. Yeah, yeah, his buddies. So he was saying he was oh. super confident because his buddies were asking that. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to win." And then I went in and was like, "Yeah, you had a bad year last year." When he really. Okay. We start overall. Okay. Now, now, okay. I thought he maybe didn't remember who you were because that's impossible. <laughs> my friend Jamie is such a memorable character. Oh yeah, everybody knows who I am. Uh, okay, we've got a little bit of time before Shane McElrath. I want to get back to the top three, four fifty guys: Cooper Webb, yeah. Lewis, and Scotty. As I said, I think it was seven minutes left or somewhere about that. He was like fourteen seconds behind, and then all of a sudden he's right there. Yeah, Eli made a mistake, but. I, what do you think it is about Webb that he kind of starts off slow and just all of a sudden at the end, he's like a totally different guy. And I don't know that I like that right now. He needs to be that way at the beginning because he's. I feel like he's costing himself some positions. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a game plan though, or a conscious decision. I think that quite simply, his skill set, who he is as a rider. Um, he is the strongest when the track has broken down and it's the last five minutes. Whereas when it's at the beginning and the track is at its freshest, okay, at the beginning of the main event, it was already beat in Oakland, but it was still fresher than it was at the, at the uh, end. Um, he, that's his weakness. He doesn't have the raw speed to go with Tomac and Sexton at that point. I'm sure he'd, you know, you, you know he would love to go with them at the beginning because he would have won that race if he had. Um, but that is just uh, talk about strengths and weaknesses for each guy. That is his weakness and his strength. Um, can I ask you a question? You you absolutely can. Because I feel like you don't get to talk enough on here. I feel like you don't you you ask our opinion, but you also have an opinion. So, question for you. Ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. Um, so, Tomac won Oakland. Yep. Yep. You would think that that gives him the confidence and the momentum, but does it? Bear with me. So, Tomac has Tomac has confidence because. He just won Oakland. He's the most recent winner. He's won four races this year. He's got the series lead. That's the reason he has confidence and momentum. But then on the flip side, Chase can sit there today and go, well, hang on. I got beat straight up in the heat. I crashed on Wednesday and my knee was swollen. And I still managed to ride away from Tomac in the main event and break him. Because before the crash, Chase had broken him. So in that sense, maybe Sexton's the one with the momentum and the confidence. But then Webb is sat there going, at the start of the main event, I was nowhere. I was off. I was not even in the picture. And somehow I almost won that race. I was eight tenths away from winning. So he sat there going, well, hang on. on a, in a race where I am that far off at the beginning and I almost win, I'm pretty good. So like all three guys have a reason to feel confident and not so confident. Because, like I say, Tomac is confident because he's the winner. But even if he wasn't mentally strong, he could be sat there today going, yeah, I won, but, you know, Chase did have me beat. And what if that happens again in Arlington? How do I respond if he doesn't crap? Like, 
everyone has a reason to be really confident and really not confident. So who is the guy who truly has the momentum? Well, Lewis, I don't really have an opinion on that. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, I, um. Think, I think to be a champion, all champions have confidence no matter the situation. So I think you're 100% right on all of them. They always think they're the guy and think they can win. We've had discussions, Scott and I, about Chase. Could he be losing his mental strength because of some things going on? But no, I don't think so. I think these champions, they find the positives and they go, look, I'm good enough. Just all the, the reasons you just gave, they're good enough. And Cooper, maybe right now, might have the most confidence because after... That track being so bad, with technically we're calling it three sets of whoops, which we say Cooper's not good in, he still tracked those guys down at the end of the race in a with a track that has an uh, obstacle that he's technically not that great at. But I think they all are going to have confidence almost no matter what because they're champions. They're, they're all capable of winning the 450 championship. So, But if I was going to go, I think Cooper's got the most most confidence right now because he thrives off that. See, that's where this is like fascinating to me because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say that Cooper is the guy with the most confidence, mm-hmm. but yet I can't actually tell you why you're wrong because, as I say, each guy has a reason to feel that way. Like it's the most, it's a, it's a question with no answer, but it's a bench racing topic that can last hours because, like, who, yeah, who, who. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, the fact that the, all three guys were six rounds in, all three guys are, are within seven points, I mean, that just that gives them all confidence, like you're saying. I think the only thing that you can kind of cherry on top is we are going to a triple crown this weekend, which Tomac doesn't necessarily like, but statistically has been good at. And then we're going to Daytona, which he's the most winning person in Daytona. So I think those two specific races maybe could be the little cherry on top of giving uh, Eli a little more confidence. But, I mean, Chase has the raw speed, and Cooper has shown that he can catch him at the end. So, like you, like you said, there's really no answer because it's, it's wide open, and I'm just getting my popcorn and buckling up and just well, hoping, for the, hoping for the best. The reality is, Lewis, it doesn't really matter because the season doesn't start until Daytona in two weeks. That's when we'll see who, where the confidence is. Well, not was, to not to was a joke. everyone, but um, next Wednesday, one week today, we have a two-hour podcast with Carmichael coming out where we get into the season starting in Daytona and whether whether he actually believed that or whether he was just talking himself into a confidence thing. I can't wait coming for that. Soon. I can't wait for that. A lot of people have asked me when that's coming out. That same week, we're going to yeah. have... <laughs> it was meant to be today, but we delayed it by a week. There's going to be a Genie Carmichael one coming out the day after. That's going to be even better than the Ricky one. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Not a competition, Jamie. We're a team. Yeah, I'm just teasing because I knew it would fire you up. I can't wait for the Ricky one. I'm very excited. That thing's like, what, two hours? Well, I can send it to you if you like. <laughs> I know. I want to get it with everybody else. Okay. It's like two hours, though, right? Uh, two hours, ten minutes. 2005, 2006, and 2007. That's going to be awesome. Uh, any more thoughts on Cooper and who, the confidence there? You got any more to say, Scotty? Um, no, I. I mean, it just it's it's his. That's his wheelhouse. You know, he's he, like it's. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised as Lewis was to say that you think that he has the most momentum because I mean he got straight dropped and then yeah he fought his way and back he came right back because he's the man but I mean but they both made mistakes we, that we talked about earlier yeah, that, that got him back in that thing so I, I think my point is that Cooper has to have a little bit of chip on his shoulder generally we kind of see like he needs something and 
I think coming back like that and, and him telling himself, oh, I, I got these guys. At any point, I can do it. I believe that's probably what he's telling himself, even if it's not the case. That's where I say I think he builds his confidence, and he's probably the most confident. Eli, I think Eli always thinks he can win unless he's not comfy and he just backs it down. Uh, so yeah. I think his confidence is kind of neutral. He's a five. Yeah. He's just confident. And then Chase, I do feel like Chase might be up and down right now because mm-hmm. we've seen him, Lewis, holding his head in his hands when he's so frustrated. So the confidence might be down at least at the end of the night in some events. But come race time, it's back up. I think Cooper is super confident all the time right now. I just It's a guess. Yeah. Well, this is, this is what this is, as I was saying, though. Like, yeah, everyone has a reason to not be confident mm-hmm. and be confident. Because, as you say, okay, Chase could beat himself up right now. And some people think he is based on the way he's acting on the podium and the photos of him. But if I was in his corner, I would go, hey, you just broke Tomac. And then you would think that would make him go, you're right. And equally... Um, if I wanted to tear Tomac down, who's really high after his win, I'd go, yeah, but Chase had, had you there. And then he'd be like, oh, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and like, same with Webb. Same with Webb. Webb could be really confident and you could go to him, well, what if Chase hadn't a crash? And he'd go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good point. And then he'd start questioning himself. So everyone has a reason to be confident and everyone equally has a reason to question themselves, which is why this is like such a good title fight. And thankfully, it is because after the first two rounds, it was looking like it was going to be a snoozer. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Lewis. I did find it interesting that Tomac. I thought it was first interesting that all three of them were in the second heat. That was wild. Yeah, it was like a main event, right? And then secondly, the fact that Tomac passed both of them in that double move that he did was, you know, that's just racecraft genius. He's experienced. That's awesome. Um, but, like, yeah, I thought it was surprising to see that happen in the heat and then almost, you know, like a reverse of Houston where Sexton dominated the heat but then couldn't get around, you know, Tomac in the main. And then it was kind of... Uh, it's like yeah, you don't really know. Reverse, yeah. Don't really know where to go. Um, and also, Lewis, I we talked about it last week, and you talked about it on your review pod after Tampa. But I never had a chance to personally say that I really liked your take on how we're in a similar scenario of the Reed Stewart Carmichael years. I thought that was great, and I've really I've really had fun thinking about like that and how it's how it's playing out in this season. Yeah, not no one. No one seemed to like that. Apparently, I did. Um, I got you. I, I was gonna say I saw some people comment that they they don't agree, but yeah. Yeah, but everyone it's... everyone took it far too literally. Yes. Everyone thought I was literally saying Chase Sexton is James Stewart, and literally saying Eli Tomac is Ricky Carmichael. I got someone replied, I, yeah. saying, someone replied saying like, "Oh, um, Tomac never has a uh, Carmichael never had off nights like Tomac in Tampa." And it's like, yes. That isn't that's that's a that's not a point. Like, how have you somehow taken that from this? Yeah, if you, it's but a it, tough world. It's a tough world. Yeah, tell you. it's really, it's a tough, it really it's, is it's a tough world out there. Well, us in the Sexton ship, I agree. I, I agree oh, with you. Good gosh. <laughs> oh boy. X-Brand has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available, using some of the most grueling conditions by 2022. GNCC XC2 champion Linda Snodgrass, the 2022 GNCC ATV Pro champion Bryson Neal, and Factory Huskies Craig DeLong, as well as Babbitt's Kawasaki's Josh Strang, Grant Baylor. Yeah, and on the Supercross side, Chris Blows is in them, AGJE Motorsports, Freddie Noren, John Short, Ryan Brees, and the Bubba Pauly team all trust X-Brand. So does Hunter Lawrence. That's the 
Alpine Star goggles made by the X Brand Lucid. It is the X Brand Lucid. Many other teams trust X Brand. Thanks for being on board. I'll be running X Brand at the GNCC this week or next weekend. Uh, let's see, Ken Roxon. How much time do we have? We got. We don't have much time. Let's let's get into the Ken Roxon thing for just a second, Lewis. We'll probably have to come back to it. Chain suspension companies this weekend. Went to Factory Connection with uh, Matt Andruck, I think is how you say his name, and still didn't seem very comfortable. Well, he seemed very comfortable in the heat. Well, that is true, um, but main event was... He seemed moderately comfortable at the start of the main event, and at the end of the main event, he seemed to not be comfortable at all. So, who knows? But even, even in the heat race that he won, like I didn't feel like he looks like Ken Roxon. No, I would agree with that. But also, Anderson did throw everything at him, and he held on. So, like, that was amazing. Uh, not amazing, but, you know, that was... Surprising. That was Ken Rockson. Yeah. Like, if, if he won that heat and he beat an uh, 11th-place rider, um, which actually coincidentally was Ken in the main event, <laughs> right. um, um, then, yeah, you could go, okay, he won the heat, but it didn't look like Ken Rockson. But he, but he beat good guys. So, that, to be honest, that probably saved, like the mentality after the night because at least he could look back at that heat and go okay we have something because if the heat wasn't good there is nothing positive that's a good point and scotty this is like the first heat race win for hep they were super excited it's good for the team yeah it, sh- it shows that it's capable right we all i think we all believe the bike's capable but i am starting to believe that maybe the bike's not as capable at that level because kenny just doesn't look like Kenny, even from last year, he just doesn't look like the same guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of you know the facts kind of just present themselves. I mean, it's it's just it's how can you you know be that surprised that he's struggling? It's just it's it's just an outdated thing. I mean, it just needs to be addressed, and I think that's just the bottom line. Well, I, I think there's a lot that could be said about the Suzuki. We're going to talk more about Kenny in a minute, but first I want to thank uh, Guts Racing, who supports the HEP team. And Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew has been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to the complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to the gripper material uh, options available. Visit GutsRacing.com. And tonight, Guts Racing brings us from the progressive twisted twisted T HEP Motorsports team, the number 12, Shane McElrath. What's going on, Shane? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're on, dude. You are always... I don't think you've ever told me no when I've asked, so I have to say thank you to that, first of all. It's all it's all a platform. <laughs> I'll take every opportunity I can get. Well, man, I want you to touch on how Oakland went for you. I, it seemed like you were super excited. You had a really good ride. I know the beginning of the season started out a little bit of a struggle, obviously not making the main at A1, and you've been building, but just... Talk about the build process and how Oakland felt to you. Um, yeah, so honestly, I guess, I guess to sum it up, it, it's it's uh, just kind of a, a big story of perseverance. Um, we've had a lot of work to do. Uh, well, for me, I, I got on the bike mid-December. Um, I hadn't ridden since I raced the uh, Australian World Supercross. So I was off the bike because I, I didn't have a bike to ride. We were trying to figure out what we were doing for uh, AMA Supercross. Um, I was on my way to Italy for the FIM Awards. And when I first spoke to Dustin, that was on December 2nd. And they were like, okay, well, uh, I wasn't really expecting this phone call, but um, let me see what we can do. And because 
Kenny was like, dude, the bike's really good. Like I would call Dustin and see, see what they have. And so I did. And, uh, I ended up flying there. Like, uh, I think it was either December 13th or 15th. So it was like my first day riding. And, um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we, I got started late. We had a lot of work to do. Um, the Suzuki is, uh, definitely different than any other bike I've ridden. I I've ridden a Suzuki maybe twice in my life. Um, I've actually spent time on every other brand, but, um, just never a Suzuki. So, um, it, it definitely was different. Um, took, took me a little while to get used to it and just really get back in the, in the flow of riding. And, uh, a one was tough. Uh, I mean, it was, it was more frustrating than anything because at that point I'd had like two weeks on the bike. Um, I showed up to a one and I mentally, I wasn't ready to race physically. I wasn't ready to race. And it was kind of like, just go get going and see what happens. And so, um, kind of in the LCQ, like I, the, the track at a one was super technical, like just with the rain. Um, I mean, obviously you could see people going down everywhere and I was riding super timid as it was. So then by the time the LCQ came, I was just more frustrated that I was in that situation. And then for that to happen on the start, it was just like, you know what, that's kind of what I get for, uh, I mean, this, everything that's happened today has led up to this point. So, um, I was just more frustrated than anything there because I'm like, you know what, that's, that's kind of a direct result of, of not being ready. So, um, from then on, it's like, all right, we got work to do. And that that's really all we've been doing. This week was really the first week where it's like, I haven't made any changes and just, just spent time on the bike because we've, we've been making big changes, um, but necessary changes and, uh, suspension changes have been kind of a thing for the whole team, which has been really good. Um, my, when I came to this team, the, a big part of it was to be alongside Ken and, and Chisholm. I mean, their experience and knowledge is uh, really second to none. So um, that's kind of part of my deal is to be with those guys where they're at. And they, they've helped me a lot already. So um, they've been making a lot of changes uh, for like the better of the team. And um, Oakland was really, in my opinion, the first weekend I was actually able to race. Um, I've just kind of been riding around at all the other rounds and really, really fighting the bike and fighting the track. And, um, we've, we've really been working hard, uh, every single day trying to, trying to get in a better spot. And, um, Oakland was a really tough and technical track, but it's like, okay, I can finally ride. So, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely not done, but it's, uh, it's kind of a, uh, uh, sit in the suck for a little bit and just keep working <laughs> because, um, I've been playing catch up and that's, that's something I have to try to keep in perspective too. Like, I don't, I don't like to make excuses for it, but, um, I'm, uh, just a little bit behind everybody else. So, okay. Yeah. Um, there is a hell of a lot to get into with you, but just going back to when you got the call from Dustin, um, you didn't have an opportunity to race for Rick Ware through the first eight rounds or whatever, like Joey's doing. Obviously, you uh, delivered for him in World Supercross. Was that a discussion? Was that an opportunity? Yes, it was. Um, but that was it was kind of constantly changing. And the deal with Rick was Rick wanted to help help us out. 
Um, but there, there was really no, no plan. It was just, Hey, we're going to go to anywhere from four to eight races. And at that time, like I didn't have a, we didn't have a bike built, like we were going to have to build a bike. And so the timing of it was a little bit tough. Um, and like I told Rick and, and Dave, like our team manager, I'm like, if, if I can race all 17 rounds, like that's what I want to try to do. Um, and they, they voiced to me a couple of times, like, dude, if you like this, we're going to a few of the rounds at least. So you have a spot here if you want. And so that's kind of how that whole thing was approached was it wasn't, it was, it was changing like week to week because obviously Rick has been trying to find some sponsors on a whim and everybody's kind of already got their budget set. Um, so it, it was just, uh, the situation was, I would like to try and race all the rounds, um, and commit to that versus not really knowing what we we're going to be doing. And I mean, last year was, I, I did that all year and it's, it's pretty stressful. Um, kind of living weekend to weekend. So, um, that was, that was my plan with that. It's, um, it's a ridiculously difficult question to answer. But in hindsight now, do you maybe wonder if you would have been better off sticking with Rick, having a bike that you are more familiar with from the past, and maybe the adaption, the learning through the first six rounds of Supercross wouldn't have been so drastic for you? Like, do you ever look back and think, well, maybe I would have been better off doing that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought that a couple times already this year. So it's... Uh, it's a tough question. Um, but the thing is, I mean, kind of one of the sole reasons I came to this team was to be, uh, to kind of lean on Roxon and Chisholm. I mean, that's their experience. Like they, they've already taught me so much about setup and how to, how to relay what I'm saying to the team and how to understand what I'm saying um, so that somebody else can, can kind of interpret that. And I mean, for me, it's, yeah, I mean, there, there are things that maybe could have went better. Maybe I'd be getting better results earlier in the year. I, I'm not really sure, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about the work that we've already done and, um, getting to know, Chisholm and, and Ken Moore and, and the team, like I've known the HEP guys for a while and um, they've always been nice to me. I, I've tested their bike in the past um, before they really had everything that they have now. And so they've definitely come a long way. And now that they have the, the level of expertise that they have, especially with the guys on there and, and Larry Brooks is, is the team manager. It's like, there's, there's so much good to learn. And for me to, to further develop and, and extend my career. Um, that's kind of one of those, uh, that's, that's one of those areas where it's beyond just what's happening on the track on the races at the weekends. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we definitely took a chance on coming here and, and especially on a whim, it's like, okay, well, we're, we're going to try to go race all supercross. And like, we had a, we had a good world supercross series. And then it's like, we're we're still in contract with Rick and this team it, it 
just happened to work to where we could be in two contracts together. And um, so, I mean, it, it's definitely a unique situation, but um, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Cause that's what I told Rick early on. It's like, look, I, I want to do the whole series because it can better us for world supercross. And there's still a lot that I have to learn about the 450 and it's going to keep me racing all throughout the year until we get to world supercross. And so for me, it was, it was purely an experience thing and, and a learning thing. And yeah, I, I would, I want to get better results and I'm working towards that. Um, but the stuff that I've had to learn has has been a big chunk of stuff that I I don't know if I would have learned it any other way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't have any regrets because I feel like um, where we're at is where God can use us and and where He's He's led us. So that's kind of that's where I have to just find peace in that. Yeah, Shane, this is Scotty. So I I think I want to preface this by saying that the, I've been always been a fan of what HEP has done, and it shows mm-hmm. the fact that they've got they got Kenny and guys like you and Chisholm. You know, it, it shows a lot about what, about what they have been capable of doing, and I think it shows how well they work together. Uh, also, mm-hmm. on the from the Suzuki side of things, do you think that this is kind of going to be one of those seasons that's maybe somewhat of like a like a breaking point for them, especially now that there's World Supercross and there's more opportunities? Do you do you foresee like a or how much do you foresee an overhaul in the bike from Suzuki's standpoint from the just OEM the, side from the OEM yeah. side just from what you've kind of the vibes you've gotten from what you've seen from them so far this season? Um, I I think that's that's what we all hope for. Um, because those guys, I mean they they love racing and that's why they do this and that's why they've done this since they started. Um, Dustin used to race and now they it's like each year they're, they're continuing to grow and they're continuing to gain experience. And, and each year they're getting more and more guys on the team, like from a rider and personnel standpoint that it's like they've, they've been there and they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about and they know what they're looking for. And I think in, in a perfect world, yes, it's like, okay, Suzuki's going to step up and, and revamp and it's like dude this this is i mean i don't necessarily say it about myself but it's like this is this is their best shot that they have right now to kind of get back into it and um they're they're doing some stuff for the team but it's like the team like hep they want they want to do it they want to make a statement they want to and i mean i guess you could say that the suzuki is kind of the underdog on the track and it's uh, there's probably not many people that would disagree with you, but like the, the engine, the bike, everything is built so well that now it's after spending time on the bike, I understand why there hasn't been many updates to it because it's, it's a super solid bike all the way around. Right. And a lot of, a lot of kind of modern, uh, well, I don't, necessarily say modern but a lot of a lot of the setup of the suspension and the chassis is not exactly the same as kind of every other manufacturer right now and so that's kind of what we've had a hard time with is it's it's a different bike in its own way and we've had to do things a little bit differently to get it to work good and we're 
continuing to learn that and continuing to figure that out. But it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a new project for a lot of people and mm. we're, we all want to do good. We all want to represent the team and Suzuki well. And, um, I would say we're, we're just now kind of starting to scratch the surface of, okay, we're, we're really, um, getting some stuff to build on. And that's, that's kind of the exciting part about it is the, the journey has been tough, but it's like, dude, this is, this is pretty crazy what we're figuring out. Yeah. Go ahead, Liz. Um, speaking of this just came to me, so sorry for interrupting Jamie. Um, speaking about the journey and how it's like exciting for you to figure it out. Are you mm-hmm. not maybe questioning that, okay, you're going to put in all of this work for the next three months and you're going to be a massive part of this. And then you're going to go back to Rick Ware and you're not going to maybe be able to um, reap all of the benefits of this work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's part of it. And that's something for me. It's like, I mean, it, it's, it's a mutual contract. Like I'm, I'm here to represent the team uh, the best that I can. And they're, they're doing their best to, to give me everything that I need to, to represent them. And so that was, Honestly, like when we when we were in the UK um, at like s- Saturday night after the race, like Rick was there in person and we were just talking like right before we were going to leave the race. And he was like, hey, um, I want I want to help you out for Supercross. He's like, I don't know what that looks like yet, but um, I, w- I want to help you out. And at that point, it was it was just a like Rick was just like, dude. Let, let's do this. And, um, obviously we, we didn't have much time to work with, but, um, that was what I told him is like, he was kind of asking like, why, why do you want to do, um, the AMA Supercross? And like, especially if it's, if it's 17 rounds, like it's, it's a lot of work. And that was what I told him is like, look, you, you paid me to go out and win. And when I committed to this, it's, I, I don't take that lightly. And so, yes, the, the AMA Supercross is not really what I'm contracted to do for you, but that's going to help me be like better represent you in world Supercross. And so, um, that's kind of been my plan. And it's like HEP gave me that opportunity to, to grow and to learn and, um, I mean, Ken and, and Chisholm and whoever else is on the team, like they're, they're there and they're going to continue to learn and get better. And, um, that's just kind of how it goes, but, um, they've taught me a lot also. And that's, that's where it's like, I'm just super excited about where we're at because of what I've been able to do, um, to help the team and to work with them and to get to know them, but to also, uh, know what they've taught me for, um, the long run in my career. That's really, it, it's, it's a, a, a happy trade off there. That's interesting. I have two Suzuki questions for you mm-hmm. based on some things you said. One, you said it's different than pretty much any bike you've ever rode. And I'd like to try to understand how it's different, but you also mentioned if I'm understanding right, you know, it's kind of saying that the technology is a little different on the Suzuki than the other bikes. So I wonder like, what does that feel like? So Kenny is clearly, and at least in my eyes, Kenny's not the same Kenny we've seen. He is searching for something. He's changing suspension companies. That seems to be the biggest issue. What does this bike feel differently than, I mean, he was on the Suzuki, you know, not that, you know, a number of years ago, but what mm-hmm. is so different about it 
that feels different at your level? Because I, I guarantee you, I wouldn't think it felt that different at my ability. Yeah. And th- that's what's tough is because like watching the bike, like from a rider's perspective, you can watch the bike and it's like, okay, it, it looks front end heavy and it looks tall in the rear, but how is it really riding like that? And so for me, it's like Kenny and Chisholm are both on a, on a standard, um, standard chassis, like stock subframe, stock linkage, everything. Um, for me, I'm on, I'm on a stock chassis, except I'm running a a 10 mil cut subframe and I run just taller bars. And for me, that just, that opens up the cockpit a little bit more. That's just, that's just a personal preference. Um, and for me, that's, that's helped lower the rear a little bit. Um, not necessarily visually, but it just like the, the rear seems really aggressive on the Suzuki. And then it was kind of like the, that's kind of what I mean with the, the current setups on the, on other manufacturers it's almost like the the Suzuki. I mean, like just kind of comparing it to other other bikes. Like um, some some guys like their their rear tall and like their front low. And um, Kenny has even voiced that he likes his bike like that. Even when he was on his Honda, he's like, "That's how I like my bike." But his bike didn't look like that. But he's like, "Yeah, I just I like my my rear tall." Um, and my front a little bit lower just for the corners. And so a lot of that is done setup wise, like suspension while getting on the Suzuki. It's almost like this chassis is designed that way from like the factory. So kind of what we've been challenged to uh, get, I guess, leveled out is we almost have to build build it opposite of how everybody else, everybody else builds their stuff to turn, Mm. but we've had to build it to like turn less almost because it, dude, it'll literally literally turn on its own. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, we need to make it go through the whoops. We need to make it hold up in the rhythms really well. And that's, we've been really kind of going like we, we've honestly been engineering like, how do we make this work in a unconventional way? And I mean, we have the guys to kind of think about that. Okay, we can we can do this, we can do that, we can get these parts made, and we've been doing that. And it's like, okay, we're getting somewhere now. And yeah, so that's that's kind of everything in a nutshell. Is like the the bike turns really well, and that's what we've we've been trying to level out making everything else work well. And I mean, I I haven't gotten the bike to not turn yet. So, (laughs) um, I think we're, we're still, we're still going in that direction, but, um, I don't think it needs any help there. Okay. Thank you for the answer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, you're probably sick of talking about the Suzuki. So I'll change (laughs) the subject for, bring it on. I'll change the subject for a little while. Um, Kind of a difficult question again. I'm getting a reputation here. But obviously your 250 career was incredible. Everyone knows that. You're the 250 world champion right now. So we all know how mm-hmm. good you are. Um, 
do you feel do you sometimes feel like you're underrated because obviously since you've gone to the 450 class it has been tough uh, injuries teams shutting mm. down not being able to get a ride until the last minute of this year so do you feel like in a short space of time people have forgotten about your potential uh, we all remember the orlando heat race um mm-hmm. yeah do you feel do you feel maybe like you haven't been given the respect you deserve um yeah i would say so um but at the same time like that's okay because uh i mean ultimately in this in this sport you're only as good as your last race and my my last bunch of races have not been that good and i mean it that's that's what's hard is like i'm i'm a little bit off well the the 450 i've had trouble um knowing how to set the bike up and so it's like okay i went from star yamaha which is in my opinion the best team to um moto concepts which they they have a great team it's a small effort but they have they have a great bike a great team they have a lot of wisdom there and it's like okay well i don't really know what i'm doing um I've, I've ridden a 450 a lot, but never on Supercross, and I don't know what I'm doing. And so I had had injuries and, and ultimately did three races on that, and then it was a, another long bit off, then went to uh, Rocky Mountain, and it was – we had good equipment there, but it was like, okay, I still don't really know what I'm doing, um, but I'm – trying to set the bike up kind of how I think, but I also don't really know what I'm doing. And then that team fell through. And then at Husky, it was like, I was there for two months and it's, it's just been a lot of jumping around and I haven't really got a place to, to grow and to really learn the guys I'm working around and to get to kind of see and put everything together. And, I mean, now it's, it's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is like, I'm, I'm here for like, or at HEP for the supercross season. And it's like, we've spent a lot of time together already, just getting to know the team, getting to know each other and leaning on Chisholm and, and Roxon and me jumping on their bikes. Like, dude, will you ride my bike? And tell me if what I'm saying is correct. Tell me if what I'm feeling is correct. And like, I don't, I don't know if I know what I'm talking about. And so that's, that's been a huge part of just my, my career development. And um, so to kind of get back to your question, it's like, I'm, I'm still on the way up. I'm just a little bit behind and uh, I'm in the shadows right now. And uh, for me, it's it's perfectly fine because it's not like I'm out there riding at uh, the best I've I've ever ridden and I'm getting 16th. It's like, dude, I still have a lot of room to grow. And um, and in time, that'll come. And that's what that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, the reason like the reason for that question is I feel like people were celebrating your 16th for the weekend. And I was looking at it thinking, well, this is Shane McElrath. We know how good he is. He's so much better yeah. than this. Or can be. Yeah. Um, and on that note, what about you personally? Like, do you look back at your time in 450 so far, and it, like, are you putting more pressure on yourself with each year that passes? Are you looking back on the last two, three years and think and like beating your head against the wall? I think you've had um, four top tens in 450 Supercross, and again, we know mm. you mm. are 
capable of so much more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I would say it's, it's definitely taught me a lot. And that's the thing with the 450 classes. It's, it's a, a different mindset. Like, and that's, that's what's really tough about it is the 250 class, like, especially when the coasts are split up, it's like, dude, I'm going to work, work, work. And like, you've, you've got normally three to four guys that you're, you're going to be racing against and a, a bad night where you're, you're off a little bit. Okay. You, you get a fifth place and the other guys are, I don't know, 10 to 12 seconds ahead of you like the, maybe the winner or something. And you, you had an off night and you, you can just kind of alternate doing that. And it's like, okay, everybody's like pretty similar. Um, but in the 450 class, it's like, dude, almost everybody out there is a past champion. And there's, there's so many guys out there right now that have won races in the 450 class. And so for me being a little bit off translates to a lot off and, so that's where like this weekend was really the first time I showed up to race. Like we made some really big changes last week. And, um, I even started out the day on, on a new set of new set of forks after what we had learned, but it was like any, even our suspension guy, Matt, he's like last week, he's like, you don't want to try, uh, riding this new fork set up before the race. I'm like, no, I trust you. Um, because I know, I know the steps we've taken to get here and I know kind of what we need moving forward. And that's what we're doing. So it's like, it should be pretty close and that it, it was exactly that. So it's like my free practice, my, my time qualifying. It's like, I think I was 12th, which is, is decent for me in qualifying. I've never been that good of a qualifier, but I wasn't six seconds off the pace this weekend. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm three seconds. Like we cut it in half. And then the, the heat race, I, my start was bad and I, I left a lot out there on the heat race. But um, then the main, it was like kind of being in that, that battle for a little bit. I mean, that's the first time I've been in that situation in like over, over a year probably. So um, I definitely, that was kind of a lot to take in. But it it was good that okay, I'm somewhat running the pace. That that was a win, and it obviously I fell back to 16th, and um, that is yeah, that's disappointing. But um, there there were so many small victories from that that it's like okay, we I know we're we came a long way, but we can start building our racecraft now and and start really kind of taking in okay, who is this guy? How does this guy race? Like really not so much focusing on, okay, I'm barely doing the jumps. I'm beating myself up out there. And now I can actually focus on racing the competition. So that's kind of where, yeah, it six. Well, I mean, this weekend it was another 16th, but it was like the, the first 10 to 12 minutes of the main was like, that's really all I'm thinking about at this point. Yeah, we, we just talked to Pierce, and we always talk weekly about how mental this is. So the, the fact that you're finding those positives to, that you need to have for the, to make improvements, that's good that you're seeing that, and you're, okay, this is, this is what I have to improve on, but I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep, exactly. 
Hey, Shane, I just I wanted to ask you about the tracks so far. Um, Yeah, it seems like from a fan's perspective, I liked Oakland the most. And you also mentioned that that was the first time that you really could even feel like you were racing. So you may be a little Mm -hmm. biased towards that. But so far, what have what have you thought about the crew and the way they've been making the tracks and what's been your favorite so far? Dude, they've been tough. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I've heard some people talk about them, but dude, it's like it's tough. And for me, like a lot of the races early in the year, my suspension was so soft that it was like, I was just having trouble doing the obstacles. So to go to Oakland, Oakland's normally a little bit tame because of how it breaks down. Like it's, that's kind of almost a given when you go to Oakland. Um, but then this year it was built up like peaky and dude, my, my suspension felt pretty good. Like I was able to do the, the obstacles somewhat effortlessly. It's like, okay, like this is, this is pretty good. Um, but that, I mean, that track, we had the two sets of whoops, the dragons back. Like it was such a busy track, but it was, it was technical. And for me, I, I liked it the most because it was, it was a slower pace. Like it's not just wide open, super high intensity and kind of like, living on the edge a little bit like you you have to be methodical even lap to lap and so um for me and kind of where i'm at right now with the bike and the team it's like it was a good race for me because it's like okay it brought the speeds down a little bit and the track was super busy so there there wasn't really a a fast section to it and uh but the other tracks like that's kind of where the 450 class has been tough for me to learn is because there's never a time I go out on the racetrack and it's in good condition. Like it's the tracks are just beat up every time the 450s are on the track. And that's been a big adjustment because it, it, there there's nothing like for me struggling with bike setup. I can't find anywhere to set the bike up that's similar to that. Right. And that's, what's been tough is like the, the races we've been learning, but then we go back to the practice track and now I'm, I'm down here in Florida riding at the sandbox. And this is like the best place and the closest place I've found to the, to the racetrack. Like since I've been on the Suzuki and it's just, it's, there's so much that goes into it that you don't really, you don't really understand until you're kind of going through some of those things. And, uh, that, yeah, the tracks this year have just been, uh, super technical. They, they've been getting really beat up, um, super rutted. I feel like the, the whoops we haven't, they've almost been so big, even at Oakland. Like we, we never really had a dedicated jump line and that's the first time I've ever been to Oakland and not had that. So there's, yeah, I mean, we keep thinking like, oh, maybe this weekend will be the track will be a little bit more mellow. But it's like, I, th- I mean, I think this is it. I, I wonder though, with the West Coast rounds because there's so much rain and moisture that the dirt's just breaking down. Like when you get to Arlington, this well, we've had a lot of rain here too. So, yeah, I don't know, yeah. dude. I, I don't know, uh, Lewis. You want to wrap this thing up? You got one more? Uh, yeah, a little easier question this time. Um, mm-hmm. If I if I heard right. Um, in one of your answers, you said that you tested with HEP another year about potentially yep. getting a ride. But when was that and why didn't you sign in that year? Um, that was at the end of 
2020. So my star year, uh, that was the COVID year. Everything went late. Um, I had, so at the time, uh, I think we had only spoke to moto concepts, um, but their, their deal was supercross only. And I went to, I tested the HEP bike and then I went and tested the JGR bike. And at the time, HEP, they were, they were still like, uh, kind of doing everything in house on their own. And then there was JGR who at the time they were waiting on their Suzuki deal to get finished. And I actually didn't ride the moto concepts bike until last. And the moto concepts bike was really good. And that, that was really the reason why I didn't want to do supercross only, but when I rode that bike, I'm like, dude, HEP were still, uh, building and on their way up. JGR was waiting on their Suzuki deal. And, and we kind of got to the point where we had to make a decision and like with moto concepts and JGR still hadn't heard anything. So we were like, dude, we just, we kind of got to go with the best equipment right now that we can get. And that's why we went to moto concepts. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, well, Shane, you've been on here yep. long enough. We took a lot of your time and I know it's late on the East coast and thank you for always telling me yes and agreeing to do the Heck show. Yeah. So we'll see you in Arlington this weekend, man. Looking forward to it. And Sounds good. Yeah, let's Thank you guys. Thanks for the time. You got it, Shane. Take care, buddy. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Shane McElrath from the progressive Twisted T Hep Motorsports Suzuki team. He was brought to you tonight by Guts Racing. And don't forget, for 23, there are e-bike options. They have complete seats for Teleria and Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron. And they also have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes, GutsRacing.com. Lewis, we had talked a little while ago about Daytona coming up in a couple weeks. And I feel like at Daytona, I want the best triple clamps I could have. I want my bike to handle properly. And for me, that means Luxon. Because when it comes to triple clamp, suspension, and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineering background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest, lighter and stronger, with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. Visit Luxon.com and use that promo code MOTOXPOD, all one word, to save. Got to get some of those on the bikes. Um, Before we proceed, I know if you're watching on YouTube... I think there's been some comments because myself and Scotty, we, we're on our phones, and that's we're we don't have a messaging system yet in studio. So communicating with Lewis, communicating with uh, Scotty, so we can say, hey, do you have a question? Where do we want to kind of take the conversation? That's what we're doing. So we are paying attention. I promise. Just want to let you guys know. I know it kind of looks like we're almost not interested, but I promise you that is not the case. Lewis, um, yeah, go ahead. Was was that too much? No, I don't think so. I don't think, uh, no, I think those were really good questions. I have many more. Yeah, you said, but <laughs> like, we had him on for over 30 minutes, so. Yeah, I know. I need, I need to call him. I've got like 20 more questions. <laughs> but as I say, um, it's fast. It's fa- and that, again, theme of tonight is fascinating because like 2020, so less than three years ago, yeah, two, two, uh, just shy of three years ago, McElrath battled with Chase Sexton for the East title and lost by nine points. Yeah. Fast forward less than three years, look where Chase Sexton is and look where Shane McElrath is. 
we're talking about a 16th place as a success. Like, incredible how quickly things can change and part, like the path you can go down. Like, it, it must be, it must be tough because how, do you remember Shane McElrath as a guy who was beating Chase Sexton on occasion? Yes, yeah. of course. Oh, okay. My, you were meant to go, no, I completely forgot. No, I would never, I, I would say. never forget that. But the point, <laughs> it shows how that it's almost like when you go from college or high school football or sports to college to pros, the level, everybody's so much better and when you're in the lights, the 250 class, the competition is not quite as steep or as there's not as quite as many guys at that level. And then you move up and you also have to deal with the bigger bike, the heavier bike, the tracks breaking down more, all those things. And then just Shane not having, like you said, having some injuries, not always having a secure ride from year to year. Those things have to be taken into, into the uh, thought process of what he's been dealing with. It's just, I, I've said it a few times on like um, other podcasts and whatever. I feel like right now, Shane is walking a career tightrope. Um, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Like yeah. I wanted, I was trying to see if he was going to say that he's basically concerned about his future. And one, probably the next question I would have asked is, is he ready to be a world supercross only um, rider? Did you like the way I threw in that he's a 250 world champion? I did. <laughs> I did like that. I, I said that as a joke and he seemed to lap it up. <laughs> I no. said that like, like, yeah, no, um, he, he liked it. You, you should send me the rest of your questions if you or or I can get you his number and you could just do it. But I could do it. I could ask him more questions at Arlington if you'd like, or we could do a. I think it's got to be away from a race, like yeah. But it's, it's he's one of those guys where I don't care about Oakland. I don't care about his results this year. Who cares? Like that means nothing to me. I want to know where's his head at. Why this? Why that? Why that? Like because he must. He didn't really say it as much as I thought, but he must be beating his head against the wall and being like, how has it gotten to this point? Like, yeah. how have I ended up here? I, I kind of wanted to ask him a question similar, and then you asked him if he had thought about should he have stayed with Rick Ware. So he, kinda, I, I kind of backed off my question, but I had a, a similar question. Yes, he had you – know, look, all these guys are human. At the end of the night, they sit at home and go, ooh, what what happened? Or what's why'd this happen? We, and the, the confidence might not be so strong when they're at the house, you know, and they're laying in bed at night trying to go to sleep. Yeah, and, and to your point, kudos to him for actually saying that he has thought that maybe he would have been better off staying with Rick Ware. Yeah, I like, because yeah. I actually like I wanted to ask that question. I almost didn't because I was like, "There's no way he'll just say no." I'm really happy with where I am, and this is amazing. Like I, I, I kind of asked that as a shot in the dark, hoping he would be honest and. And he was. He's a good interview. He always, I feel like he's always pretty honest. He's he's all, He always has a lot to say. Well, that's the first time I've ever spoken to him. Mm. So I'm sure I've made an impression. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out. What do you think about it, Scotty? You know, hey, I mentioned to you mentioned this to you when I was getting ready for the show today. And, and there's one of the things that's unfortunate about you know if if you're not winning or if you're not top five or you you know whatever that that benchmark is. That you know, it's everything's like a failure, and it's like a negative thing, and sure. like especially you know, the sport, yeah, especially the sport. And so, like you know, making these questions for Shane and for Pierce, it was it's, it's it was hard to not make them, co- you know, like, well, what's wrong with the bike, or what's you know, why are you crashing? It's hard to not make them negative, and I want to shine the positivity on these guys because they're such talents. Like Lewis just said, you know, three years ago, this guy was battling for a guy that's now battling for the championship in the 450 class, and. I, I just he's such a good guy and I just he answered his questions honestly and he gave you in depth and you know 
somebody in that position that he's in where you know that he's getting 16th place, they're they're not likely to be that open and that in-depth about these kind of things. And the fact that he is such a good guy, and I, and I just want to see him succeed, and I just yeah. I just wish everybody could just, you know, just be... I wish everything was be just... positive? I just wish it was more like that. And, it, and it's just the way the sport is, just the well, way the world I mean, is. Yeah, they, they all have higher expectations, so that's mm-hmm. part of what we have to do. Um, I, I got some negativity to talk about, oh, boys. Great. But first, we're going to lead into the negativity with a positivity. And the positivity is FXR one of my favorite companies, is designed by racers for racers with industry-leading fit, finish, and performance. Progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best product possible. Visit FXRRacing.com to see all the numerous gear lines and colorways, as well as their snow items, their snow lines. Go to your local dealership. Ask for FXR. My negativity. I'm really, 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 frustrated with Justin Barsha at this point. I wasn't real thrilled with the way our interview went that I had with him on press day at Houston. It put a bad taste in my mouth. And this, the guy has the reputation we know, right? Scotty this weekend in the main event, he takes Colt Nichols really wide, sends him off the track. Isn't necessary. He's coming from the back. He's going to probably pass Colt. He does the same thing to AC and Lewis, Come on, we all, you just don't do that to AC. We do, AC's, you got to be nice to AC. The, none of that's really the point. I hate the, way he, <laughs> I hate the way he fucking races. I am fed up, dude. I am so angry. I was losing my temper sitting on the couch and thinking about it today. And I was like contemplating like, okay, if I was in a race with this guy, I think at some point I would not care about my contract. I would go up to the dude and be like, if it, you touch me again, I will fucking kill you. I am tired of it. I am so, I'm just so sick of the way he races, Lewis. I cannot take it anymore. And then Jason Anderson gets a freaking probation because he takes down Justin. Who cares? That's it. Uh, um, first of all, the first day I worked with you, the, one of the first things you said to me was that you had, you wanted to, or no, you couldn't bring yourself to say negative things about riders and it's, you knew it was your weakness and that was just zero to 100. I'm, um, I'm so fed up. I, that was the, the, the line. Gets, wait, hold on. I need to yeah. clear my name because at this point I'm associated with a crime just by being <laughs> here with you. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I disagree-ish. Okay. Like, yeah, when he, when, he, when he knocked AC down, I rolled my eyes because I was like, oh, just leave AC alone. But that was more of a we want AC to progress to progress rather than um, see him lying on the dirt. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, and it's a weird opinion to have, but I'm kind of like indifferent to it. I don't love it. I'm not like, oh, that was awesome. But I'm also like, eh, rubbing, rubbing's racing. But I contradict myself because I really didn't like what Anderson did to Bob Foster in Tampa. But, yeah, so I contradict myself. So... I'm, I'm I 100% agree with you, rubbing is racing. I have no problems normally with block passes and those kind of things. It's just time and time and time and time again, Justin takes people down. And sometimes it's necessary. It is not always necessary. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm just I'm beyond frustrated. I don't even know how to contemplate words right now or to, to, to speak what I'm feeling Scotty, I'm sure you have thoughts. What I, the only thing that was what's funny to it, 
uh, that what Barsha does is like, he's like, oh, what? What did I, what did I do? Like normally, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it's just like he's like, oh, that was. What are you talking about? That was just racing, and it's just I don't know. It's just funny. I mean, he's always been that way. His, his name's Bam Bam for a reason. I mean, he's gotten booed before. He's you know he's gotten fined before. He's gotten on probation before. So I mean, it kind of just is what it is. I I think a I personally think that a lot of the drama he's been in this year was more of Anderson instigating that than and it's just you know it's like oh yeah of course Barsha has some drama with the rider but I think Anderson initiated a lot of that this I, particular season. I agree. I talked to Jason Anderson about those type of things also at Houston. He did not get mad at me for asking those questions like Justin Barsha did, but. It's just, again, in a vacuum, the Colt pass, the AC pass, not that bad. It's not like he just straight up T-boned him, but it's just every freaking time the camera's on Justin, it seems like they're even talking about it. They're, they're hyping it. Oh, oh, no, he's getting close to Jason. What's going to happen? Because we all know he has a tendency to put guys on the ground. If you're faster, try to make the pass without blowing the dude off the track. Just try and then maybe if you can't get it done, okay, get aggressive. But it's like, it's just aggressive all the time. That's just how he races. And uh, I don't know. Are, are you back, Lewis? I, yeah. yeah you, I, I'm sorry about it. I don't know what happened. You're good. There. Yeah, cut out for a second. You're good. Oh. Um, I think the, the, to clarify what I said, I think the reason I don't have that much of an issue with what Barsha did in Oakland was that I consider that a love tap. And a love tap is fine because I don't consider, I consider a love tap much more acceptable than a takeout. I kind of have them as different categories in my mind. Like uh, Villapoto on Alessia Bugs Creek in 2006. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Like that's love that territory in my mind. Okay. So I have a question. I have a question for both of y'all. With Four. Yeah. So about, about this. So you take both instances where, you know, where McAdoo held up Pierce mm-hmm. and then you take like that either. And then you take the Barsha Ciancerillo incident. Without names attached to either one of those incidents, the bikes are you're you're colorblind. You see black and white. Which one was worse? Honestly, they're all about the same. I don't think any of them were super bad in general. I think McAdoo could have made the pass a little cleaner because uh, Pierce passed him clean. But still, not a, it was a smart move. He brake checked him, and Pierce went down. That was a good racing move. Again, the Barsha passes weren't that aggressive. He took the guys wide. Colt ran out of room and was going to hit a tough block. And I think it was basically the same thing with AC. Not horrible moves. It's just the repetitiveness of his history that drives me insane at this point. I just, it was enough. Honestly, when I saw AC, you know, AC is, AC is such a good dude. We're just like Lewis said, we want him to, to get back to where he was. He's working hard. He's just a nice guy out there doing his laps. And here comes Barsha. Just, nope, sorry, man. I'm going to put you on the ground. Make you run. I, I was, it was a line. I just. Okay. I, I, I get that. But that's, I mean, that's the point is if you can't really say that that move was that bad. I'm not judging it in a vacuum. I am judging it over his entire career and I'm just fed up. Yeah. Fed up. Well. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> 250s, Lewis, Jet wins, McAdoo and RJ. Honestly, once we really kind of get a breakdown of what they're recovering from, from their A2, pretty impressive rides, extremely impressive rides. But Jet is just head and shoulders above everybody else. What I want to ask you, though, is when RJ crashes, 
do you go, oh God, not again? Or do we go, well, he's riding hurt. Let's just, you know, it's just part of the deal right now. I, I, I don't even go, oh no, what again? Because it's like, um, my, my brain doesn't even register it as an event now because it's so normality that I kind of just look straight through it. It's kind of, kind of the same way that the opening ceremony fireworks don't really register with me. It's just like, well, that happens every week. <laughs> um, yeah, I was worried you were going to ask me about 250s because that was, that was one heck of a race, wasn't it? Um, a lot happened there. Jet is, in fact, a really good rider. It turns out. It's not bad. No, that's about the extent of my analysis on the 250 car. Um, yeah, I don't, but honestly, we need to put these coasts together. Yeah. Because that west, like the west is limping to the finish and the east is better. The east is deeper and there's a, there's a bit more variety in east. Uh, west, we've had the same podium in the same formation three out of four rounds. Um, but yeah, honestly, the West main event may have been the most boring race I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, other than Pierce catching up, that was the excitement for the moment. Yeah. But, Scotty, yeah, what does it say that these two guys, RJ and Cameron McAdoo, with the hematoma on his left, not, not Chase Sexton, dark side, <laughs> you idiot, but what does it say that those two guys, though, are battling up front, they look really good in their heat races, with such injuries, and that, yeah, other than kind of Pierce, there really wasn't anybody else up there. Yeah, you know, the interesting question to me is, is you know, how much racecraft is Jet using? Because at the very beginning of that race, the first five minutes, it, he looked a tad off. And, it, I mean, RJ gapped him. Pierce was, McAdoo was staying with him, and Pierce was catching him. And it was looked like, I was like, oh, this this could be the breakthrough race that we're, that we're looking for from all these guys. And then all of a sudden... RJ goes down like it doesn't even face Lewis anymore. RJ go, <laughs> RJ goes down, and then next thing you know, he's 15 seconds ahead, and you're like, was he just waiting for you know? He knows McAdoo's hurt. And he knows RJ's prone to crashing and probably and nursing injury as well. Was he just chilling and waiting for that to happen I like inevitably? So. And yeah. like, is he just that smart? I mean, it's it's just you know that's that's like it didn't look like he'd be 15 seconds ahead the first five minutes of the race. I, I don't know that he was necessarily going, okay, I'm going to wait for RJ to crash. Ob- might, I mean, obviously, but he's but- definitely, I think he absolutely has that confidence that Lewis talked about earlier where he knows he's the guy. And at almost any time he could just, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm gone. What do you think, Lewis? Am I a little, maybe I think I'm dead on, but I always am. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think you are dead on because like I say, I don't think there's much like, uh, I don't think there is much. There are there aren't different ways to view this yeah, yeah. car. Sure, we know each guy. We know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. We know how they play things. We know how they do things. Um, yeah, I do agree with you, my friend. Okay, I, I do agree. With you, my friend. Well, let's move on then. Did you think? First of all, do you know what happened to Matt Moss in the main event? Because I have not heard. I expected more. Yeah, he he, um, he crashed and jammed his thumb. Okay, I think his thumb. Okay, so. Yeah, may, hopefully once we get back to East Coast or West Coast, maybe we'll see a little more out of him. We also had Styles Robertson go out in in the whoops, I think, in qualify or yeah, in qualifying, right, Lewis? He he, yeah. he injured his yeah second set of whoops, and and then of course Filthy Phil broke his wrist or dislocated his wrist. Super bummed for both those guys. I don't know the the extent of Styles' injury yet, but Phil Phil's going to be out for a while. Probably going to surgery. Um, I think. Styles just uh, banged himself up. Okay, he hit good. his head a tiny bit. So he, he will be, if, 
if there was a West round this weekend, then I think he would be racing and it wouldn't even be a question. Good, um, good enough. Yeah, Bill dislocated his wrist, so that will be um, a long-term month. Yeah. To, like, that'll be months. So. Uh, founded in 1853, Motul is a 170-year-old company that is present in over 160 countries globally, offering exclusive technologies in their... Oh, I thought you were get, trying to get my attention. Technologies in their patented Estracore technology for your machine. Motul's experts have developed a wide range of dedicated products for the specific requirements of each power sports vehicle. So go uh, check out the Motul 300V. For decades, Motul has developed high-performance synthetic ester-based lubricants. Motul has created a perfect uh, synergy. This, boy, I'm struggling. This most advanced ester core technology allows the maximum power output of the engine without compromising reliability and wear. Motul 300. I want to talk about Max Volan. Max came out in his heat race. RJ was clearly better, but Max Maximus, excuse me, Maximus showed some aggression. He ju- he pulled that quad out of nowhere after the finish. Tried to have some fight in him. I was very impressed. I have been expecting more out of Maximus for a this season in general, more than we're really getting. Didn't really do what I thought he would. I think seventh overall in the main event, Lewis. But, well, you had a question, Sky, so I'll go to you first. Yeah, my my question was, are we are we hitting the panic button on Voland yet? I'll let you go first, Lewis. No, not at all, because um, this year has been better than the results show. Um, even um, even after San Diego when he didn't qualify, I think I was on this show saying like I don't care, like it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Everyone just needs to focus on how good the riding was at Anaheim one and in those uh, heat races and LCQ. And similar, like okay, there hasn't been an incredible result, there hasn't been a breakthrough result, there hasn't been anything to really write home about. But there have, as you mentioned, Jamie, been little flashes, uh, little signs of potential little positives that I think are something to consider for the future. Are they enough to earn him a new KTM contract? Probably not. But they're definitely enough to stop us from writing him off. Yeah, I do I d- put it this way, do I ever think he's going to win a title? No. But do I have expectations of him becoming a third, fourth, fifth guy? Yes. I'm definitely not pulling, pushing the panic button. I know this season... His dad town, they, they have a game plan every year. And it's basically this year, consistency, let's get some good finishes. But when I see the aggression in the heat race, Scotty, that he had, and he is putting up a fight to race with RJ, and RJ gaps him pretty easily, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he should at least be able to run with him and hang with him, maybe even get back in there and go after him again, and he just couldn't. Well, and the the reason I kind of thought of this question is because, you know, even if he did get gashed by RJ a little bit in the heat, I thought, like you said, the aggression was there and there were signs of improvement. And it just, you know, watching the main, it just seemed like he just fell off so hard. And, you know, he just kept, you know, he kind of got passed by a pretty good handful of guys. And, and to, uh, to Lewis's point, though, like, yeah, if you say he's never going to win a title, but when he came out of the amateurs, I mean, he, I, I think the kind of expectation of him was to win a title. So, mm. I like eventually. Uh, oh no, early, not like was... not rookie season, obviously. But I think but the goal from who? from who? Just watching him and seeing how he competed against the amateurs. I think. I mean, I don't think he was ever not a, a, one of the guys. And to see him to be to say that he's never going to win a championship, most likely. I think that's almost hitting the panic button in my in my opinion. 
Response? Um, yeah, when he came out of amateurs, I'm sure there was a dream of him becoming a champion one day in five years' time, ten years' time, or whatever. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he ever had the height of the next big thing, or like um, Kitchen, for instance. I feel like Kitchen entered with a lot more height in comparison to Bolan. Um and there are a lot of other examples. Um, yeah, I think that if he if he can become a consistent podium guy, I don't think that anyone at KTM or anyone will look at that and go, "Oh, that Maximus kid didn't work out as we expected." Like I don't I don't think the expectations have ever been that high. Obviously, he got hired for a reason, and everyone hopes that a title will be delivered at some point. But I don't think anyone was like, "This guy is a shoe in." I mean, Faulkner hasn't even got a title yet. Right, yeah. he was a, he was a amateur phenom who was expected to win right out of the gate. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, he came in so early, and I still wonder if maybe that was a mistake. And Talon, you know, Talon, they told me, you know, like they didn't want to go pro when they did, but the basically the option was take this three year deal, or you may not have a deal, and you have to go search somewhere else. So they did what they felt was best, and then he was just injury filled couple seasons, and he's just behind the eight ball. Um, I do think he has ability to win races. I I think a championships would be it'd be have to, a little bit of luck would have to fall in. I think, especially with the guys coming up, Hayden and you know Chance Hymas, and it, there's just so much talent. It's going to be very difficult. But I want I wanted to see a little more out of Max, but at the same time, I think he is doing what they said: let's stay consistent, let's get through the season without injury, and he is doing that so far. From what I know, silly season-wise, um, I wouldn't expect him to be at KTM next year. Yeah. But I would expect him to be in the Austrian family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, yeah, I, I've heard similar. We're going to move on. i got two more topics I want to get on. We're going to get to... Well, we have one more topic, and then we're going to do our 60 picks for Arlington. Uh, Lewis, your wheelhouse. We just had the... The Italian GP or is what it was, right? Um, with, is no, that- not a GP. Uh, okay. National championship. National championship. Your guy, your buddy Sewer, wins. Our uh, Geyser, big scary crash. Femur, I believe. Yeah, broken. Um, that that bums me out for the championship that's about to kick off here soon. Um, but what did you take away from that race? I know Hurlings wasn't there. You you said in the review show that he's off just being fast like he does. Yeah, um, Hurlings is racing this weekend though. In oh, good. Uh, another preseason race. Um, so this weekend is hurling season debut. Um, yeah, obviously a bummer that guys have got hurt. For some reason, I'm getting many texts saying that he is going to try and come back for the GP that is at the same track, oh. which is in six weeks' time, seven weeks' time, and there's no way. There is no way. There Not is with the absolutely no. There is apparently yeah. There is no way. Like. And also, that is round four. So at that point, the title hopes are gone. So there is literally no point. Like, everyone who's texting me that, I just reply with, no. But no. Doesn't that sound kind of like a geyser thing to do, though? No, that's more of a hurling thing. Okay. Um, hurling, right, hurling broke a femur and raced, like, the next week or whatever it was. That, um, doesn't, that doesn't register as human. Duct tape fixes everything, man. <laughs> okay. You should, you should actually, obviously, you, as we know, you, don't, you haven't watched many GPs. Watching the GP that Hurling's raced with a broken femur is a good one. That moto is a good one to watch because you can see in his style him like riding with a broken femur. Yeah. 
Um, it's quite, yeah, it's, it's something you would never see again in your lifetime. Um, but no, the good news is that Sua has stepped up and seems to be a guy. Well, he was always a guy, but more of a guy now. Um, so I have high expectations for him. Um, and then obviously you've got Fevra. He's going to be a guy. Prado is racing this weekend as well for the first time in somewhere, somewhere different for Hurley. So this will be his first shakedown of um, pre-season. Uh, GP start in two and a half weeks. So as a new fan, catch the fever. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I am going to get my uh, TV package paid for or whatever so I can watch. You want me to try and get you a free one? Uh, friends help friends. There's, all, there's only one answer to that, of course. <laughs> friends help because I've got my free one already, so it's only right that I give my friends his. That would be very nice, uh, Scotty. What you well, you, were, you want to say something? Yeah, I've I've I don't know all the ins and outs of the Moto, uh, MXGP. I try to I, I watch them on the replays on CBS Sports as I have that and I record them. And uh, it's just kind of it's when I saw that at first I saw the wreck of Geisler and I was like. Oh, that was like oh, that was a crazy wreck, and then I realized it was him, and I was like, oh no! It was like yeah. it just seems like the last couple of years we've been waiting for this penultimate hurlings Geisler, no, no hell Geyser, Geyser. I'm, I'm, from, I'm from I'm from Geyser, Geyser, Geyser. Okay, yeah. I'm from Texas. Like, I'm sorry, like a Geyser. You know, at Yellowstone, the Geyser, the Geyser, Geyser. Tim, you knew what I was talking about. Anyways. <laughs> The guy who got hurt is now is now not going to be in, bike. Yeah, the, he's not going to be in the championship with Hurlings, and it's just like another miss. Yeah. Like, I mean, we only have so many opportunities for this to happen again, and it's such a long season well, that like if they're not there at the beginning, that the whole thing's kind of wasted, and it's just it's just disappointing. Yeah, but Lewis, you obviously being our go to for MXGP, some of the talent that's coming up and uh, that's there now, Favra, uh, Sewer, and Prado all our guys that are going to be in a battle and make it exciting. It's not like there's just two, you know, a few years ago, yeah. a few years ago you had, uh, Kyroli geyser and Hurlings, And that was kind of the, the three. Now there's still three or four really fast guys. Yeah. Hurlings is obviously the clear favorite, but Sua, Prado, Fevra, I feel like I'm missing a guy. Or maybe that was guy. Prado. Cause um, you keep forgetting about Prado. He said Prado. Said oh, Prado you did, then, okay. Didn't I? okay. Um, so yeah, no, there are there are guys who can challenge hurling, but they now they need to prove themselves a little bit. Whereas guys that obviously didn't need to do that because we know how good he is. Although he kind of did need to prove himself against hurling, but I'll save that for another day. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, um, we have. Uh, it is a shame, but it's not. Yeah, like you say, it's not like MXGP is now a write-off. MXGP is still going to be good. Yeah, I, I want to pull for Sewer, but somebody didn't introduce me, and I just, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. That guy sounds like he really struggles with that sort of social interaction. All right, let's you get, did get to breathe the same air as him, so that's that something. Is, I sat right next to him, yes. Uh, 60 picks for Arlington. Last week, I picked Sexton, Eli, and Webb. Nobody was right, again. You picked uh, Webb, Sexton, Eli, and ML pick Sexton, Webb, Eli. So we were all incorrect, but we're all we're all close. Wait, I picked Webb to win. Yep, that's what I wrote down. I don't think that's what I said. Well, that's what I wrote down. So that's what okay. I'm going with. So, uh, but Arlington, Lewis, I'm gonna let you go first. Um, let me see. Who would I pick <laughs> for the win? Um, I will go Sexton for the win. Triple crown. I feel like. Yep. It's got to happen. Um. I will go Eli second with one of the main event wins. 
and then I will go. I will go Webb third, but I did have a an urge to put Anderson third. But I'm going to go Webb third because it seems, based on the separation we saw in Oakland, it seems absurd to put um, Webb off the podium. Well, so, but yeah, so that's my. Pick. I made a note that JA was a question mark. Scotty, who's your picks? Um, I'm going to go Sexton, and then I'm going to go. Ah, it's so day. hard. It's, I know it's so hard because I want to do Geisler, something. Geisler, Geisler, maybe. Oh my god! I want to. I want to like change it up and but be completely different. But I know it's not going to happen. So, but I guess I'll just go for it. Let's go. Sexton winning. Um, Cooper second, and I'm going to go AP third. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I know that's not going to happen because Tomac's not going to. I mean, he's going to be on the podium as a triple crown, and he's like statistically the best guy there. But let's just let's just let's just make it interesting. Well, I'm I'm I think we're all going Sexton. He's going to win one of these Sexton Webb Eli is my picks, and I also I'm going to go with the 250 overall for the triple crown. We don't normally do it in our 60 picks, but um, I'm going to go Hayden Deegan. Hayden Deegan wins. The oh wow! Crown. Hayden Deegan tr- wins the triple crown. What about you, Scotty? Who you got? I think as a, him to get a podium in Triple Crown would be just a giant step. I, but you're going to go win? I'm going for the win. I already oh. said it. Who you got? I, I, I think uh, the Lawrence brothers are going to go stay stay on the the train of winning. Oh no, Jet didn't win all of them, but I think Hunter's so going to keep Hunter's going to keep the uh, the streak alive. Lewis, I will go Hunter as well. But you know what? I, I don't think you're crazy with the Hayden thing. Consistency. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't think he'll win one of the mains. Right, but I can me see either. him win the overall with four two two. Yeah, or yeah. four three two, or, or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. So we're gonna find out. Fair, fair analogy. Go ahead, Lewis. Um, maybe maybe a good pick. Now that I'm thinking about the consistency side. Oh, you froze. Oh. You froze up there, Lewis. So while we're waiting to get you back, I want to thank 6D since its inception almost 12 years ago. 6D helmets have been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR-1 to a successor, the ATR-2, the goal was to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. The helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, so visit 6dhelmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Lewis, you, you broke up when you were talking there about his uh, Hayden's consistency. Oh, dear, did, I not even, did you not get any of that? No, it, it froze. Oh, what I was saying was that speaking about consistency, an outside bet on that front may be Vial because he's probably going to hole shot all three main events. So could he hang in there mm. and maybe win the overall? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me purely because of the starts and the short races. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay. I, I, Lewis, I really thought you were going to say Anstey being for consistency, but Vial's a good point no, because too. Because everyone, everyone says that I'm biased, but clearly not. Clearly, I always follow my heart with what I say. <laughs> Before we wrap this thing up, I want to uh, remind you guys that we do have a Moto X Pod show, Pulpamex Fantasy League. Go search that out. Join, play with us. I'm going to work on getting some uh, prizes for that. I need to pay more attention to our league and see who's leading. So starting next week, I'll I'll have some updates. We'll do with like our top three. We'll I'll find some prizes. I'm sure I can get somebody to give some stuff out for at least the top three at the end of the season. I'll work on that. Um, go go. If you're not watching the Moto X Pod show on the Vital MX YouTube channel, please go subscribe. Check it out. I hope we're getting better. Go to the go to your email. Use MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. 
Send in your questions, your comments, your thoughts, so we can read those on air. We need to get some of those. I want to see what everybody's thinking of the show, what we can improve on, whether you like Michael Lindsay or Lewis Phillips better, who we should have more on. Maybe we'll do like a death match, and one of them will just have to go. What do you think so? <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone hates me. I don't think that's true at all. I've, I've seen lots everyone, of positives. I'll but, say everybody hates everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a lot of that. But I do want to thank all of our sponsors tonight. Race Tech and Boyson for being the presenting sponsors. Prox, X-Brand Goggles, Guts Racing, FXR, 6D Helmets, Luxon, Motul, WUSA. Appreciate all those. I think uh, Shane McElrath and... Ooh, I just blanked. Why am I blinking? Uh, Pierce Brown yeah. for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Lewis, thanks for joining us. I know it's early in the... What time is it there? Uh, 2.46. 2.46 a.m. Um, but, yeah, I'm sorry because... um. Yeah, we thought that my mic was all amazing, and it did sound amazing, but for some reason it didn't work with YouTube. Um, well, so it would have worked. It would have worked with the podcast side. I YouTube. think it was working earlier, but then I had to unplug cables and change things around to get the intro put in. I think that was on me personally. Oh. So next week or next time Lewis is on, we should have the bugs worked out. I, I'm sure the sound. I don't know how everybody thinks yeah, there was a no, buzz nothing. last week. I think that's gone now. We are doing our best to make this better. I am working on getting better at trying to be a little more natural with the reads because I am used to having pre-recorded commercials. So, please, tell your friends about the show. Continue to follow it. We had a good time. I think the show was really good this week. Scotty, thank you for being in the studio. Lewis, thanks for joining us. We're out.